Welcome to the Voice of the Force, Temple Archives, The High Republic, Volume 1, There Is No Fear. As always, subtitles for days. My name is Noma, and today I am joined by my co-host, Dan. Hey, how's it going? Eh, not too bad. How about you? Fantastic, actually. I am uh, ready to go and ready to talk more about the High Republic. Yeah, it should be a fun time. And my other co-host, Ed. Hello, hello. How's it going, man? I am decent. Nice. Getting a bit of that gotcha grinding done? Uh, I, uh, I was playing Cyberpunk, really. <laughs> oh, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I haven't gone back to that and game since I And those in the Matrix, it, that's for sure. Is it getting any better? I'm kind of curious. Well, we can talk about that after the podcast. But <laughs> Yeah, it, I will say it has a bit. There's still yeah. work to be done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that sounds about right, unfortunately. But thankfully, our podcast itself doesn't need that much more work to be done. And uh, speaking of that podcast, Ed, do you mind telling the listeners what Temple Archives is all about? Absolutely. So on Temple Archives, we go over Star Wars canon. Um, that could be books, movies, TV shows, whatever media comes out, really. We have a little bit of a discussion on it. We tell you how it relates to Legends material, canon material. And uh, through that discussion, we find out where it fits in the timeline, what part of the Star Wars timeline it's in, and how it pertains to that era of itself but you know we're human we miss stuff and we're happy to hear your thoughts on anything that comes up if we've gotten something that you missed definitely get in contact with us let us know there's a bunch of ways you can dan's got a whole list of ways you can and we'll let you know that in a couple seconds yeah we can uh talk to us if you'd like to uh, over at voiceoftheforce.com where you can find all of our episode posts as well as contests when we have those and specials and all that stuff it's great we have a shop there. You can buy some t-shirts or some weird masks that don't really fit our logo. And you can also find us over at voicetheforce at gmail.com where you can send us your email about what you think about the episode that we're doing today or any other day. And you can find us on social media over at Twitter and Instagram over at voiceforcepod. And if you retweet and post in your stories about our new episodes, it does help grow our listener base and increase the voice of the force. As well, you can listen, rate, review, subscribe, and follow the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Amazon Music, and all major podcast platforms. If you review us with five stars and a little comment to let people know what we're about and what you liked about it, it will help with other people finding the podcast and possibly listening to it. So if you want to, subscribe for free or follow for free, and you'll get the latest episode downloaded to your device as soon as it releases. And last but not least, remember to listen to the outro, find out what we'll be covering in the next episode of Temple Archives. Thank you, Dan. And without any further ado, let's dive straight into this review. So, like we said at the top, this is High Republic Volume 1. So specifically now, we are looking at the comics for High Republic, and we're going to be covering Volume 1, which is issues 1 to 6. For this one, the writer is Kevin Scott. The cover artist is Phil Noto. Pencilers are Ario Anandito, and uh, for issue six, it is Georges Janti. The inkers are Mark Morales, and again, for issue six, it is Carl Story. Colorist is Annalisa Leone, and the letterer is Ariana Maher. And as always, if I butchered or mispronounced any of your names, I apologize for that. But uh, yeah, for the cover, we get a pretty nice kind of layout. We've got... God, I keep forgetting her name. Keith Trennis. I keep thinking it's like Karen or like Kevin or... She wants to speak Kevin to your manager, like... Drengear. I'm sorry. She wants to speak yeah, to your right? manager, well, the great pretender. I always just think it's some sort of like weird variation. Yeah. Keith yeah. Trennis. Yeah. To the left of her, we've got Skier, who we saw in Light of the Jedi. 
And on the right is Avar Chris, who we also saw in Light of the Jedi. And kind of below them in the center is Starlight Beacon, which is, you know, it's nice to see it a little bit more detailed and close up. Yeah, it's, you know, it's a pretty nice kind of simple cover, but it really gets across. And I mean, it's something that I just like these comics for, and I'm sure we all do, is it's nice to actually see what a lot of the characters that we've been hearing about look like, mm-hmm. which, you know, we'll get in specifically for me. There's a character in Rising Storm that I really like, and we get to see him in this book, which was really cool. But uh, yeah, that kind of wraps up the cover. So let's get into the spoiler-free review. Keeve Trennis and her master Skier attempt to help bring peace and stability in the Outer Rim. However, they encounter two separate factions attempting to exert their control over the frontier. And it will take more than just two Jedi in order to defeat the incoming threat. So yeah, you know, spoiler-free part, very vague, very quick. But yeah, that's basically kind of a brief overview of these first six issues. And uh, yeah, what did you guys think of There Is No Fear? Uh, Dan, start with you. Yeah, I thought it was a pretty good story to fill in the blank that we were missing between some of the novels. And yeah, I wasn't reading up on the comics as we were kind of going through the novels. I kind of went through about half of these ones and did the other half recently um, Mm. of these issues. And honestly, like it was nice to actually fill in the blank of like, where is this Jedi and like uh, Avar Chris? during all these, like, before all these events happen in the mm-hmm. other books that we've had, and, like, what's happening on Starlight Beacon, and, you know, what is the Drengear threat? Because from the last time we encountered it, it was like, oh, they just discovered the Drengear are a thing, and they just left it, and then we found out, oh, now they're, you know, all this shit's happening with them. This does fill in a lot of the blanks, which is great. We get introduced some new Jedi, and honestly, some really cool Jedi. I really liked it. As well as some interesting, uh, you know, underworld uh, characters. And we get some designs for characters that we already know from the other books, which is really cool. So yeah, I, I enjoyed it. It wasn't terrible read, and honestly, the art was pretty good too. Yeah, I definitely agree with all of that. Ed, how about you? This was... I definitely enjoyed it. It's a good way to pick up from events, especially kind of saying after uh, Into the Dark. Mm-hmm. Because that was, that was like the biggest, okay, new problem, but not problem. But since then, it's been a year. And through this story, we really find out, like, the second half of everything that's going on. Because with the with the novels and everything so far, we find out what's happening with the, uh, with the Nihil. Mm. But we always get this background thing of there's a, there's another thing going on. And, for example, on Valo, why a lot of the people can be there. Uh, and mm. the reasons why are all, they're, they're laid out in this. And we see how much of a problem that is. Which brings up so many other questions, but I'll leave that for the spoiler discussion itself. Yeah, because you bring up a great point, which is that if you've listened to our Rising Storm discussion, just reading these comics just increases the anger that I have towards my least favorite character in yep. High Republic right now. I have that thought. Just, yeah. yeah, because it, it even further invalidates everything that they were saying. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you also caught that because it's, it's, yeah, it's so stupid. We'll talk about that and then in a little bit, but... Yeah, for myself, I mean, kind of the same thing that you guys were saying. It's nice to get more more knowledge and more looks at some of the threats that they're facing, especially, you know, one of them. We get a lot more detail into an enemy that we really needed to know a little bit more about, especially after Into the Dark. Mm. Although I guess that kind of basically says what they are. But uh, yeah, between that and the other threat that they're facing, which was also kind of interesting, Definitely. it's uh, yeah, it's pretty neat overall. So yeah, I think 
all three of us definitely recommend, you know, if you've been liking High Republic, this gives you a lot of insight into something else that's happening while the Republic Fair is going on, like Ed said. And uh, yeah, it's pretty good overall. I can't really complain too much about it. So with that being said, I think from here, again, very, very quick and short, but from here we'll head into the spoiler discussion. So this is your warning. If you haven't read the first six issues of High Republic, we recommend stopping here, going and reading them, because, uh, you know, we're just going to plow right on into this and kind of go over everything. So uh, if you don't want to be spoiled right here or left behind, definitely go and listen, or sorry, listen, go and read those comics and then come back. And uh, yeah, final spoiler warning. Three, two, one, let's go. So yeah, kind of like we, we said at the top, the book first starts following Keeve and uh, Skier, and they're doing some stuff. And it's it's kind of an interesting opening because it kind of goes over kind of what the Jedi trials look like in uh, High Republic. They're doing this thing where it's like, hey, you have to go and get the like, I left this this ring up at the top of these giant pillars, go and get them. And uh, Keith tries to do that. And then it turns into something completely different where these giant horrifying space locusts show up. Yeah. And she it's interesting, like she gets interrupted by these gigantic space locusts who start screwing up this native population who are these tiny, annoying pixie things. And she ends up basically having to like figure out why they're here. They can very conveniently only graze on uninhabited planets, but she realizes that, oh, it's because of Starlight Beacon, the frequency they're putting out. So she modulates her vector's frequency to, to be the same thing. So they'll follow it, shoots it up in the space, gets out, and then contacts the, I can't remember who, he was like head researcher. He's kind of interesting. Istala Maru, mm -hmm. who is the... I can't remember. Yeah. What is his position? Damn it. He's <laughs> like the central intelligence of Starlight Beacon, basically. Like, he's the center point for communications and stuff. Yeah, I'm just trying to remember, like, because they, they name his his actual position. But yeah, he's basically, he's basically, like, he's not really Marshall, but he's kind of like head of operations. Mm -hmm. He's kind of like um, um, Lobot on Cloud City a little bit. Like, he's kind of like the center of everything. Yeah, at least for, for the Jedi, because he, he's got a Republic uh, equivalent on the station. I just can't remember their name. And oh, yeah, there ever... is. Yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, they're, they're barely ever there, so I, I kind of forgot about them. <laughs> um, Everybody did. But yeah, so, and it's also, we'll talk about Estala later on because I got confused when he first showed up. But anyways, so she's she's like, oh, damn it, I failed my trials. They go to Starlight Beacon, and this is the part where I actually started to like Keeve a lot was she, they go to Starlight Beacon, and she meets Avar Chris, and... You know, Keeves Keeves a younger character, right? So she's like, she basically like, oh shit, Avar Chris, and then in her head she's like, stop swearing, stop swearing. You're in front of Avar Chris. It's like, oh my god, I'm so fucking happy to meet you. Stop swearing, Keeves. Yeah. What the hell are you doing? Yeah. And so she gets knighted because it turns out, you know, she passed. Obviously, she helped save a, a city, uh, you know, like a city or a village, basically. So she becomes Jedi Knight, and her and Skier basically go out into the outer rim, and their first mission is to basically figure out why they've received a distress beacon from a shuttle that wasn't supposed to be there. And they go with these also interesting Jedi. I can't remember what race they are. They look like they're uh, Verkatan, but they're not. And their names are Serret and Tarek, which, it's, I mean, it's the same name backwards, ironically. But they also apparently share this super close mind link because they're twins. And so they literally, like, they can tell what each other are thinking and finish each other's sentences, all that kind of stuff. It's like they share, like, they, a mind, basically. Yeah, they yeah. say it's like one mind between two bodies kind of thing. Ironically, get to see that in Cyberpunk at one point. But uh, yeah, so they go to the beacon and it turns out it's a hut ship. And so when they get inside, they go through and the huts and their cartel people inside have just been massacred, just annihilated. 
And Skier's kind of losing it at this point. I mean, we saw him a little bit in Light of the Jedi. He's the guy who uh, was with Jorah Mali when she died, and he lost his arm in the attack. And it's still not... Ha it hasn't really grown back yet. He's Trandoshan, so it will. But he's kind of losing it, and he comes across a Nihil and just fucking butchers the Nihil. Oh, yeah. Like, the, guy, the guy's already, like, half dying, but Skier just annihilates him. And, and the people who see him are like, oh, what the hell is happening to him? So from there, they kind of are able to track that the hut ship came from a planet so they go to the planet and most of the locals are like hey there's a problem but one of the the guy in charge of the village in quotes is like we don't need you please leave so they ignore him and they start searching and keeve ends up uh, finding a sinkhole that leads to a drengear nest i guess is the best way to put it and while that's well while that's happening a bunch of other stuff happens because Sarek and I can't remember which one. Either Sarek or Tarek gets injured basically yeah. during the first fight, and then they go missing on the planet itself. And so while Keeve's looking for him, that's when she finds the sinkhole falls and discovers him there along with a Rodian kid. And we learn now here that this is one thing that kind of surprised me. The Drengear don't actually eat the meat quotes that they find. They kind of pull a carnivorous plant thing, which doesn't make sense, I guess, right? They literally just like push their roots inside of you and tie you up and then just start to leech your life force out of you until you're a husk, basically. So the kid's dead, which is surprisingly dark, and they kind of just glance over the fact that he's dead. But Keeve basically ends up trying to fight them, and it kind of doesn't goes okay, and then it doesn't, because they can the drinker can also mind control you, which is also kind of surprising. So they mind control uh, Sarek and have him take one, one of the kids that followed Keeve hostage. And as she's trying to figure out what to do, Avar Chris fucking busts through the, the dirt roof yeah. and cuts the gear in half. So they start fighting them, and it's kind of going well, but then uh, at the same time, Skier was also tangling with some of the gear, and he gets captured by them, and they I see what you did there, Noma. I see what you did there. Arm. Huh? Tangled with the gear. Oh, God, Tangela. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Pokemon. No, but, you said tangled uh, with the gear. Yeah, yeah, I know. Okay. I know. I'm going to Pokemon now. That was okay. completely accidental. Oh, great. But yeah, so Skier shows up and he's got this like weird Drengear arm and he's the all bad guy now. And so they all get tied up and they're all, you know, about to get eaten. And I, I won't go over what I thought was, I had a thought in my head where I was like, mm, I've seen enough stuff that I know where this is going. Yeah, yeah obviously, obviously it's not because it's Star Wars. But I mean, um, we're getting to that point in the High Republic where it might be. Uh, who knows right but uh I, yeah anyways <laughs> so it's you know it's it's one of those things where it's like oh god they're all about to be eaten by the drain gear and then skier was like haha i was only pretending to be evil and he like fights off the drain gear they kind of get away um and then skier skier the guy who was like i was just pretending to be evil is actually slowly going evil because the drain gear arm is like half controlling him so he has this whole like back and forth fight and sarek's also losing his goddamn mind and that makes that's making Tarek go insane so it's all this crazy stuff and as they're like figuring all this stuff out and being like oh god the drengear are gonna eat us all the the marshal guy again quotes charge yeah the controller basically the guys here working for show show up and it turns out it's the hut cartel and the hut cartel just lands and we see them in a lot more of a violent fashion than we've ever seen them before because they like bust down the door all the thugs come out they've got two gamorians running rancors and this like female hut warlord is like ah your planet belongs to the hut cartel now as this whole war's going on so it's kind of funny so as this is kind of going down, you know, they're fighting the Hut Cartel, they're fighting the Drang Gear, but the Drang Gear are like slowly reaching critical mass, basically. And Avar Chris is talking with the Hut Warlord and being like, look, this is not a good time. A, this is Republic space. B, do you not see the horrible plant monsters that are coming after us? And the Hut's like, ah, whatever, plants, we can deal with that. So they kind of, they kind of sick the, the Rancors and the, the Huts on every, or in, 
on everybody and it goes really poorly really quickly because the drain gear just start overwhelming them really really fast like concerningly fast and again they have this drain gear mind control now so that's also not working in their favor so we get a little bit of an aside where like the the guy who was uh selling up the village of the hut cartel tries to escape and the villagers start beating the shit out of him but then a rancor comes to save him and he's like ha suckers and just runs straight into the drain gear so he dies but basically there's like this desperate last stand where chris is like hey look we're all about to die to the drain gear we either work together or we all die who are you going to control you know if everyone's dead and then they kind of amplify that by also at the same time using their connection to starlight beacon to broadcast to the hut what's happening all over, the, starts, all over the galaxy yeah, yeah all, over, all over the frontier and she starts freaking out because in those transmissions it like now and hutta are both going oh god or sorry narshada and now are both basically screaming oh god the drangir are, are here and they're devouring everything and she's like what now hutta's falling to the drangir that's not good so she agrees okay we'll put our differences aside we'll work together fight the drain gear so that's they start doing that and so that's how we learn that you know avar chris made a deal with the hut cartel it wasn't like a very formal thing like luke going to jabba's palace come to it was the, a, you know come to start like me let's talk yeah no it wasn't like yeah that. exactly it was a dear god we're all about to die so from there we kind of get a transition where after a certain amount of time it's basically avar chris is working with uh the huts and kind of trying to push back stuff on the outer rim it kind of goes not that great it's it's kind of working but kind of not because again like we even find out that like one's one a single drain gear can incapacitate a rancor by just shoving its roots into its its orifices basically which kind of makes sense and we also learn a couple more things about the drain gear because we kind of get back and we kind of see estala and orbalin who now we get to see what he looks like working on the corpses that they found on the hut ship and it turns out the drain gear can hide inside of people well i guess huts like a parasite basically yeah so so we we actually get a thing where basically while avar chris and the and kiev were fighting on that backwater world the drain gear actually tried to invade starlight beacon by bursting out of the hut and uh, they they do manage to get under control astala and orbalin and and uh, vernestra and imri so we get them again which is cool kind of all work together to barely contain the threat on starlight beacon so i mean the drain gear are horrifically powerful right we get this at this point like three of them basically reproduced fast enough to almost destroy star or almost overtake starlight beacon mm -hmm. but yeah at the same time that that's happening we go back to skier and he's in like this force field and being like basically experiment not, not really experimented on but they're trying to figure out how to cut the drain gear connection with them and it's not really working and keeve basically is at a certain point, drops the field, walks in, tries to, to mind meld with Skier, and it kind of works. And then it starts to not work because the Drangir start to invade her mind. But then she uses that to her advantage with the rest of the Jedi at Starlight Beacon to kind of find the root of the Drangir, and it goes back to this giant Drangir. I was a little bit disappointed because you it did it again, like Noma. You find the I know, root. I, know. I that, love it. That time, that time it was on purpose. Okay, okay, but, I love it. But yeah, so. They, they find what is called, what the drain gear called a great progenitor, which is just a gigantic drain gear. And like I said, like I Mama was saying, drain gear. I was a little bit disappointed. It just looks like, it literally just looks like a giant drain gear. I was kind of hoping it would look like, you well, know, it kind of had like a mountainous look to it. Like, like the, the beak of it looked more like a rock than it did a, a tree in my yeah, mind. Yeah, but, but I was, I was expecting like a completely different shape, like Geonosian, yeah. the Geonosian queen kind of thing. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, you know, whatever. And so the Drangir basically try to break the link because they're like, oh, shit, they found they found the mother. They but found the mother, before, Basically, but before they break the connection, Keev and Skier are able to determine where where the progenitor is. So they find the planet, which then explains why they were saying in Rising Storm that Chris was leading a strike team to kill the Drangir. 
but they didn't they so they found the planet but they didn't know where it was so they had to do some research because there's yeah, no records yeah. of it yeah 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 so assumedly something happens mm-hmm. in the next couple of republic comics that, where that is explained but yeah they basically do that and then skier the as as they break the connection keeve is able to destroy the drain gear arm that skier has so he's no longer flipping back and forth between light and dark side though he has and, some work yeah, to and, do yeah yeah kind of it's kind of the same situation that elzar was in except yeah yeah definitely but uh yeah it basically then ends with them being like all right we we are securing quotes the frontier like it's still an ongoing war but we're getting it done and yeah we just need to now push and find this planet so we can take out the progenitor yeah so that's basically where we end off like i like we said it's pretty interesting we get a lot more information on the on not the nihil sorry on the drain gear and kind of how they work and operate and all this kind of other stuff. We did get a, um, a nice uh, little nod to Into the Dark when they kind of showed like the station and everything and like where, yeah, yeah, they, where that all took show. place. And they're like, yeah, that's when like when they went there and they yeah. woke up the which the which place yeah, there. It turns that's out when the generator that, that, uh, woke up. Yeah, it turns out that Cormac and uh, Silas kind of screwed up big time. Yeah, because, because they woke yeah, up they every drink here in the galaxy. Yeah. So, so that is something that, yeah, as well, we get a lot of backstory. So the backstory for the Drain Gear that we get, we kind of got it a little bit in Into the Dark. But yeah, the full backstory for the Drain Gear is they were a plague that spread throughout the galaxy at a certain point. Interestingly, they never mentioned the Jedi in the backstory. Yeah, no, they didn't. What, what, they, what they do say is that they were this plague that spread across the galaxy and devoured everything and were this like huge monstrosity that was impossible to fight. And at a certain point, they ended up working with the Sith to kind of expand their domain and their reach, but the Sith realized how much of a threat they were. So at a certain point, they betrayed the Dra- they tried to betray the Drangir. It didn't go well because we get a scene of the Drangir devouring Sith. Yeah, that was crazy. Um, yeah, but the Sith were able to create a ritual that did lock away the Drangir, and that then ties into Into the Dark because they slumbered until they were reawakened at a Maxine station. Mm-hmm. And when they were awakened there, they, they sent out a signal that reawakened the rest of the drain gear, which is when, the, when those dark side. Yeah. So it's, it's pretty nuts. Um, I like how it is flowing together. Like the, the fact that all the authors were working together on this, like whole section of star Wars, this whole like timeline, oh, yeah. it really does flow together. And like, it doesn't feel like, there it doesn't feel authors. like the sequels. I'm, I'm going to say it. It doesn't feel. It well, feels true. like there was a plan. <laughs> but that's a, not just that. But like, it doesn't feel like there's multiple authors. Like mm-hmm. one character. Like they know the characters. Like they all know the characters inside and out. Like they're not doing like Alzar Man's doing something in this book and that does something completely against character in the other book or like anything like that. Like you're not pulled out of that character ever. I feel like every character that we've seen in all different forms of medium and from all the different authors have been pretty much like, oh yeah, that's all believable for what that character would do from what we know. I, I get what you mean. I would argue that for a lot of the characters that are showing up in different mediums, we don't really know enough about them to be able to spot if their characters aren't working well. But I mean, I mean they so are far, still, like, like, I do what them, we do but... know, like, it, it's pretty true. Like, well, the Vernestra yeah, situation talking... and all that. Well, I mean, we, we get to see Vernestra for, like, three pages. But, I'm, yeah, no, you're not wrong with that. Yeah. But, like, other characters like Skier and Chris, we don't really know too much about them. Yeah, that's especially fair. Skier, right? Like all the stuff that's happening to him in this book, it definitely makes him grow as a character. Mm. But I, I don't remember anything from him in. But Orbelin, how about Orbelin? No, I, yeah, like yeah, Orbelin, yeah. but Again, Orbelin we don't see him was, very much. Was still great in it. Yeah. yeah, you don't see him too much. But I do love the part where he, he's he's talking to Chris and he's just casually like, "Yeah, the Drangir are invading." What? Yeah, it's just you know the we're containment, the containment, me- yeah, the containment measures weren't exactly what we thought they were. But I think we can figure it out. And then it comes kind of comes. So analytical, I love it. They're getting their asses kicked. He's, yeah. he's the tech of the Jedi. Oh God, it's so true. Uh, but he's actually he's a competent. More useful. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, Be quiet. 
That's fine. I didn't have. Any I thought you were still giving the synopsis. <laughs> I, well, I figured oh, we'd no, just no, get no, ahead of a chance. We've been talking like fucking crazy. Well, I, I, I was gonna say like we basically wrapped up the synopsis at this point. So uh, yeah, heading into what we actually thought about the book. Yeah, Ed, what were your thoughts on the uh, "There Is No Fear"? See, I really since we saw the promotional art for, I really wanted to see what oh yeah Trinus was about. Mm. Um, just in pure design, I find it hilarious that her lightsaber hilts are like right on her her upper body. Yeah, and her waist because there are two separate ones that she turns into a double bladed lightsaber. One yeah, that, that's something I didn't mention, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's it's a cool fighting style that she has. It's similar to the lightsaber, similar to um, all in order, okay. Uh, Calacostas, yeah, yeah like yeah. his lightsaber can be like two, one, or together as a dual, yeah. a dual blade, mm. yeah. So I, I found all her stuff really interesting, the whole training bit, yeah. That like especially with the the Navi pixies in her ear. Oh my god, yeah, <laughs> that that was perfect. I was reading it out loud at that point, so I just started like chittering away. Like all all their sentences were just turned into one really fast long sentence. Yeah, and so just doing that, I could imagine this like, oh, that already sounds annoying. So that's constantly going in her ear while she's trying to focus. Yeah, okay. In in, in my head, I I'm just praying that. You know, if you take off that light off of Navi, that she doesn't look like an old wrinkled prune. That'd be hilarious. Because <laughs> the looks of those aliens was not great. <laughs> yeah. Not every alien can look beautiful, Noma. Yeah, um, <laughs> but especially with the whole threat that was going on, I know you wanted to allude to this because after what you mentioned, especially with uh, Rising Storm, mm. I I'm reading this and I'm just like, yeah, so this threat going on here is massive it's crazy it's happening yeah, all yeah. over the frontier okay we learned through the progenitor that it's like because in into the dark when they woke up that main drenier tree whatever it was the progenitor woke up and therefore all the seeds that were planted across the galaxy however many millennia ago all wake up at once mm -hmm. and so that's why this threat just jumps up out of nowhere so the amount of planets you have on the frontier that they probably still haven't even found yet, or, you know, the, the already populated ones and all this stuff going down, it's just like, yeah, you need, it's basically another great disaster and you need all the help you can get. Mm -hmm. um, meanwhile, while fighting the original great disaster <laughs> people with the Nihil, and yeah, everything's insane. Yet this is why sometimes I don't understand the functionality of the council and what exactly they do besides sit there and send it all over again, guys. Yeah, basically. Yeah, because like how in with all this information that should be relayed to them, because everyone is like, oh, I gotta check in with the council, so they should have as much information as the. And sorry, the con the controller is um, Estala Maru, right? So they should have just as much information going at the same time between all the bodies there. How can you possibly ask what kind of threat they're dealing with in the Rising Star book? Yeah, when you should be fully aware of this, like how how crazy this is, and then to judge, oh, no, how can how can Chris make deals with huts and all that? Yeah, just like, it's like what the hell are you talking about? Obviously, you need yeah. to. Which is why like, you can understand. Like I can imagine if she's brought in front of the council right now, she'd just be like, "Are you insane?" Like this is why people fall out with them so easily because they cause it themselves. Again, just, it's like the like, hubris of the Jedi, right? They just think that they're this all powerful. You no, know, good it's, force it's, that they don't need to worry about no, it. No, no, it's, it's not, not hubris. It's, it's, it's just pure stupidity. No, it's absenteeism when you... Yeah. It's the most involved absenteeism I've ever seen in my life. 
because they have the information. They have everything in front of them. And it's just like, yeah, yeah, but we choose just not to look at that. Well, at thank God it's only one of the fucking Jedi Masters on the council. It's like, you chose Renegade instead of Paragon that one time. <laughs> so we're going to focus on that rather yeah. than the over. It's like, it's, they don't see the big picture, it seems, when they should mm. be at all times. So it's very frustrating to look at them as a whole. It's like, if, like, as soon as a council member made that, I'd say whenever it's just like, okay, A, justify your position here right now or you're out because that is just the most... An ignorant statement. It's completely ignorant. And they either they've never been in the field, so they need to get their asses out there and experience it and then come back and say, you know what? Which is why, how did you even make the council in the first place? That's right. why I keep saying, like, I want, I want maybe not a book, but like one of those like uh, imperial handbooks on the council detailing <laughs> these people and their experience and justify why they're on this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'll let Noma get more into that. But the, the we see Master Yoda in this. Oh, yeah. And we also learned there's two Grandmasters, which I was kind of surprised about. I think it might yeah, be but... rank of like experience and, and like longevity, I guess. Like if you can, you know, stay a, a master for so long and instead of, you know, jumping to do what this is nuts did. Crazy bastard that makes good stew. What's his name? Porter Angle. Porter Angle. Like instead of doing the, okay, I'm going to retire and do whatever I want, you can, you know, go to the Grand Master title and continue, you know, doing and serving in the, in the way that the council wants and like what well, you want as a council. They're co-grandmasters, they call them. But even with that, both of them aren't where they should be as the head of an organization. Which again, to me, makes no sense. And Yoda is on some bullshit in this series, <laughs> and I, I understand yeah. that they can't have him involved in too much because then we'd fall into that kind of trap the Bad Batch found that Nova mm. describes, where it's just like you know you do, you won't you, you can't die. Any, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, you know he's not gonna die. You know whatever mm. situation he's in, he's gonna get out of. Yeah. So it's a, it's a huge writing like. You know, how do I make this interesting without you being like, yeah, nothing's going to happen to him, whatever, move on. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'd like I'd like if he was a little bit more involved. But he fully just checks out and he's he tells him, he's just like, oh, we have this journey through me. Ah, no, y'all are on your own. I got this yeah. thing. I need to do uh, Master the- Yoda, are you here to help us against the Drangir threat? No, no, no. On a ship, I will go. Yeah. More things and, with the Padawans I have to do. And then yeah. he's gone in rising storm. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's so frustrating. People are just like, and everybody's just like, I have no idea where they are. It's just like this is. This is- I'm pretty sure the adventures books of the comic series gets us into like what Yoda is doing. I don't know if it's during like the Drangir threat or prior or dirt like both. It might be like it's during just, the first it, threat and then the second yeah. threat. I don't know. Like on a, on a viewer point, I don't care because mm. sure we can see what he's up. This doesn't help the people in the actual story. But you also can't mm-hmm. count on like one Jedi. Right, like to do uh, all the fucking yes, work. Yes, Yoda, though. Yes, you can, though, because a imagine you are trying to run a store, a business, or whatever, and your manager just isn't there, yeah. and you need to make these decisions and figure out. You're, you're like the assistant, maybe, yeah. right? And you need to make these big calls, and you're trying to, but the person who has all the experience, everything that should be like, yeah, do that, no, do that. Nowhere to be found, and you can't contact them, and you don't know where they are. That is the worst. The the one thing I have problem with that analogy is that Yoda isn't the manager; he's the CEO, 
So like, he's, there he's are many levels yeah. down. He's co-CEO. I'm, I'm, he's so removed from that like frontline scenario that it's like no, but no, I, that's what? the point I'm trying to make. That's what he's I'm seeing supposed right to now. No, yeah, I don't, I don't agree with that at all. Can, can you imagine during the Clone Wars if he had pulled the same shit? Yeah, I mean he kind of did. Big... He had some no, missions, he but he didn't. wasn't always on the front line. No, but he's always he's at the there. council. He's, he's always active. on course on doing. That's stuff. what I mean. He's he's yeah. he's continually active during this whole thing. Look, if he was absent at that time, Attack of the Clones would never happen because he wouldn't show up on Geonosis. Maybe this is a learning yeah. opportunity for him that he did stay in the Clone Wars because he knew he had to, whereas it didn't work out here when he wasn't. Like, but he's not doing it. He like, but there. What's there to learn from? Because yeah. you know he's just. I gone. mean. If yeah, we don't know too too much, but like it's be interesting to see what the hell he's thinking about and like get into his mind a little bit. But what's they, so gonna, important with these yeah. Padawans that he can't be like, you know what? This is training, but this yeah, no, is not threat right now, so we have to put this aside until all mm. that's done. Like can't like that's prioritizing. If he was if he was just Master Yoda right now, then I could kind of see it more, right? It would be more like a Porter Angle like you said, a Porter Angle situation where it's just like, yeah. look, he's an old master, he's just doing what whatever. But we have other masters. But the fact that he's grandmaster, he's one of two like, grandmasters. Yeah. Yeah, but still, still, it's like you've got responsibilities now, right? Like it's yeah. the same thing that they say about Stellan, right? Like, hey, now that you're a master, things change. Yeah, exactly. Right? Like you have responsibilities. If you're a grandmaster, you got even more of them. Like, and you're just spending that time just off around with these three, four. Like that's the other thing. I thought it was like a train of like twenty Padawans, right? Like the same thing you see in Attack of the Clones. It's like four. Yeah. So it's like, why? What is happening here? And obviously, I don't, I don't mean this seriously. This was just a joke I thought of when I saw him say, "No, no, no, I'm just leaving." Where it's like, Master Yoda, the galaxy's on fire, everything's falling to shit, and you're like, "No, no, no, onto the school bus. I must go with these kids." It's like, yeah. mm, do I call Chris Hansen now or later? Or it's just like it's starting to get a little bit weird when you're prioritizing, when you're prioritizing the Padawans over all this. Must obviously again. I don't mean seriously. Like, yeah. I, I was like, oh, man, what's happening? It was just a joke I thought of. But it's weird. It's weird that, like, while the, all of these catastrophes are happening, he's just fucked off. Mm -hmm. It's it's kind of like this weird, like, you are so powerful and you have a lot of experience and you are the yeah. head of the fucking Jedi Council. Like, why are you what's not happening? taking yeah. this seriously? Or maybe the Force is telling him to go in another way to, you know, head off. Which is something rolling. like the progenitor like who knows right like because you know I'm, like and we, i mean i throw i'm oh, sorry i was just gonna say like i would i throw the same amount of shade at what's his name it's vetter or something i don't know um the other grandmaster because like mm. what the fuck has he been doing too we haven't seen anything from him we haven't really Not seen a you. lot with the jedi council to be fair we've heard about them it's true but we, we haven't really kinda, seen any because at the same I time mean, well, I was going to say, the most co the most competent member on the Jedi Council is Stellan, and from, if you've heard what we think about him in Rising Storm, that's not an amazing sign. Right, and I was going to say that right. the, um, the thing, too, is, like, when we see all these things happening, right, it's happening in mm -hmm. real time for the Jedi, and, you know, there's Jedi across the entire galaxy, so they can't just, like, come from one end to the fucking other in immediate and like the by the time they get there it's going to be oh, like whatever's happening is over right so they can't just you know sacrifice everything and go there and not protect what's happening on this side of the galaxy especially when the drengar start to lift off and like everywhere in the galaxy has drengar so like the jedi across the entire galaxy have to deal with that now right so it's like i don't know i want to see more with yoda and see like what the hell is going on because yeah we don't know and it's be interesting to find out what the hell he's doing and what the force is telling him to do i guess yeah but, yeah uh, going back to keith trennis i think you guys kind of said it pretty well like she 
is a really interesting Jedi Padawan that turns into a Jedi Knight in this series. Mm-hmm. And kind of seeing her combat the dark side when she goes into like the underground tunnel and like really like get hit by that wave of the Drangir's dark side energy, as well as mm-hmm. when she gets, you know, um, taken over by the skier arm of the Drangir thing. And they kind of are in that like weird it's mind it's an interesting thing where they're like walking yeah, yeah, through the, the vines of the drangir and all that yeah, yeah, yeah it was really we, interesting we, yeah you can kind of see how the drangir are mind controlling people right it's just yeah, they're all connected the it's like a hive mind like yeah. like i said yeah yeah pretty similar right uh, which at, is sorry keep... at the same time a big a big point we have to we have to address is the fact that skier is going through kind of the same thing that bell is going through with cutting mm-hmm. himself off like a lot of jedi in this area seems to just be like yeah no i'm withdrawing from the force or cutting myself off of the force just yeah. because of everything is too much which you can see the start of the misguided training where it comes to like loden did a great job when he was just trying to like humanize the whole thing he's just sweet like for lack of a better better term to bell just to be like you know if we are what we are um but it's okay to, like i think selen is showing him that a lot more now where mm-hmm. it's just like it's okay to have emotions and have all this stuff. We can love and all that, but you know, don't we? We have to handle those emotions mm. and and keep them not keep them in check, but like recognize them and acknowledge them, and then you know, kind of push to the side more so than suppress for when you have a job to do. It and and it's hard. And even what his interim master acknowledges that she's just like that's the most you can do. Right now, mm-hmm. it, give it time, give it time, everything is time. But for Skier, who's already a master, and then to go through that, it's just like, yeah, th- you'll never really get to that point where you become a machine and can just turn off your emotions. And if you do, then you're not really a Jedi at that point. You're something. That's when you turn pirate. into the the prequel trilogy Jedi. Basically, it's like yeah. they, they've get they've gotten so screwed over by their emotions. I feel like in the High Republic that the council just like goes to the complete like far right side where it's like no we're shutting it all down no emotion like no there like there's no love there is no nothing we can't feel that we're just gonna you know be what we are and we're gonna be robots mm-hmm. you know and that's where you it's, know in the prequel trilogy it really affects obi-wan and anakin and like everybody that uh well i mean it yeah directly you know yeah. that that stance directly forged relates him. to anakin's fall to yeah. the dark side mm-hmm. and it's it's an interesting point you bring up because i hadn't really thought about that but it's true and it's you can see the the kind of the, i guess they're hinting at it but the you know the influence from the jedi that came before them as well on the opposite side because mm-hmm. yeah the stuff that stellan was saying and you kind of are learning through this stuff when they're talking about skiers on emotions it reminded me of um in kotor one my favorite character in that one is uh jolie bindo oh yeah well, because he's got that one that one conversation that I loved, and I always thought it was really cool, where he's like, look, love isn't a dark side emotion. Mm. Love is good, and it's great, and it's amazing. You just need to understand that it has a downside that usually leads to the dark side. Yeah, losing it. If Yeah, if everything goes wrong, you need to understand that you have to be prepared against it. And we kind of see that from, like you were saying, with Belle especially, where it's it's that, you know, that more platonic or, or you know, student-teacher love mm. really has a downside. He, he breaks at the end of Rising Storm because of it, right? Yeah. Again. And we kind of see that even with Skier, where it's, it's that trauma of losing his arm and Jolie in the same kind of span of time. But not just him, but Keeve as well, like, with 
skier you know like she has him yeah, in yeah. Uh, her arms at the end of issue five and it's like don't you leave me like don't yeah you're not yeah. leaving like there's a connection there right and like obviously mm-hmm. it's like the obi-wan qui-gon mm-hmm. kind of thing but and who is it it's um who who it, it's Cor- no not cormac i can't remember who which jedi it is that really goes into that i think is it cormac cormac yeah, um, Comac and yeah, Into the Dark. Yeah, yeah. Who's really going in on the thing is like, look, I you you told me to train with like I am supposed to train with this person my entire life and grow this connection with them because they're you know teacher and mentor and all these things and parent all combined into one. And then they die and you're just like, yeah, deal with it. And I'm like, how the hell am and yeah. you know he's like, how am I supposed to deal with this? Mm, that was a really no... that was really interesting to hear that in that book. Yeah, mm. right. So that, that's another, yeah, and that's another part that I thought was really cool. Right, is just yeah you kind of see these problems that that font form within the jedi yeah yeah kind of seeing all that come together is really cool but uh yeah kind of going from there and i guess into another section which i don't really know how i feel on this it, it kind of just ties back into the, the things we were saying about that one idiot ca- i think it's i'm gonna feel real bad if it isn't terry rosasan that said that all this stuff but i think it's her right now mm. just bashing on her even more because the drain gear have so many powers as we're now getting into, right? Like the mind control thing that we kind of get brought up in this one. I was like, holy shit. So you've got this on top of regeneration and poison spikes and the ability to just grow more of yourselves at a pretty horrific rate if Starlight Beacon was anything to show from that. On top of that, we've even got this and you can even take over like Rancors and stuff like that. It's getting insane how many powers the Gear have. Um, yeah, honestly though, like to see like the Sith the only way they could get rid of that threat was to seal it away after taking mm. massive losses. I, honestly, like, it's not far-fetched for me to see that because, like, dark side beings have quite the span of powers. Um, if you've ever played KOTOR, right? Like, the fucking tree well, you have... Have you ever seen dark side stuff in yeah, general? Yeah, like, <laughs> the tree of dark side things you can do is that. But not only that, there are sentient plants. So you get the plant side of everything as well, like the draining of nutrients and the, you know taking over people's bodies essentially and like mm. hiding parasites in them like that's the sort of thing that's like okay not many thing like nothing else really can do that in star wars that we've seen in, in canon uh, at least and you know i'm but i'm buying in like i actually like the drain gear thread it's interesting and the fact that they're kind of like lightsaber resistance and the fact like they get cut in half and then just reform yeah come back together you know like that's I mean, terrifying and it makes in- sense that the sith couldn't handle i mean it's, it's interesting but it just it just makes her positions eat like like we were saying before even stupider oh, no 100 like, are the drinker are the drinker really a threat why do we have to pull so many jedi to fight them it's like d- look at what they can do yeah no and i think can you name any other species in star wars so far that has had that many abilities untrained naturally and all of them can do yeah there's a reason that there's only one Gendai in old Clone Wars. I think the one thing that we don't realize here is that, like, or you might realize, I don't know, but Rising Storm takes place like three quarters of a year after the Drain Gear activates. Yeah, Twelve months, right? Yeah. And so, but, so, but that even that but makes it even worse. We don't know the it. situation of like what the Drain Gear are like at that point. Like this takes place pretty much right after Light of the Jedi when the beacon gets you know put up and you know everybody's it's opening right. It's kind of closer to that end of when the Drangir activate versus the Rising Storm when, I'm not trying to say that this person's right, but maybe they think that the threat has been pushed back far enough that it's like, we don't need that many Jedi to do it. Like, we, we there's a little no, remnant it, left and we can just deal with that. We don't know. It, we have no I, idea. I, I, don't, I don't buy that, honestly. Because it, well, it, 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 it sounds like you're, you're kind of reinforcing my own position because like, yeah. if it's been, 
if this takes place right after Light of the Jedi, and then, you know, it's been a bunch of times since Rising Storm, then you shouldn't understand now that the Drangir have these mind control powers that oh, can yeah. overwhelm Jedi, and they're everywhere. Masters. And, we, yeah. and we see from Tyork's perspective how long it takes to actually kill a Drangir. Yeah. Right? And so you have all this stuff put together. It doesn't matter if there's three of them. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to s- explain this part again because it's wildly off topic, but it's the same argument I have for Goblin Slayer, where it's like the threat should not be taken this lightly. No, if I agree. If you can look at what they can do my, and realize yeah. how horrific it is. My right? point for that is I agree with you wholeheartedly there. The only mm. thing that we don't know at the point of Rising Storm is have they dealt with the majority of the threat? Have they, have they tracked down A, the progenitor? Have they, you know, dealt a huge blow to well, the Drangir? Like, we don't know what takes place in those months leading towards yeah, Rising Storm, right? So from, from what we can infer way. from Rising Storm, it's that they are going to the planet to fight the... Uh, yeah, they've, the maybe, yeah they've tracked it down and they're ready to go. Yeah. And maybe they've, you know, settled everything else around the galaxy. And it's just that yeah, one planet. Who knows? Like, fuck. It just, it just reminds me yeah. of, of if, if you were in Swo- if you were playing like SWOTOR and in their newest story arc like the the jedi ground council was like is the sith really a threat i don't really think the sith yeah. empire is that dangerous you'd be like are you do, have you lost your goddamn mind yeah. you have been fighting against them for decades or like in, in i guess in terms of... it's like it's the eternal empire where like they just come out of nowhere and you're like oh yeah. yeah is valkorian really that scary he just wants yeah. to eat the galaxy what's so bad about that it's yeah. like what are you talking yeah, about yeah yeah it's just that it just blows my mind where yeah. it's like you can have this much stupidity but then also We've, we've kind of been bouncing around topics this, you know, review. But, yeah, going back to my own thing with Keeve Travis. Trennis. Keeve oh, Trennis. Sorry. Yeah. I, I, oh, yeah. Sorry. I wanted to make one point about that. Like, yeah. at the end of the day, all the debate and discussion is moot mm-hmm. because we already established that Draenir are a dark side force. As mm-hmm. soon as you say that, it's just like it shouldn't matter if you throw 10,000 Jedi at it. You are fighting dark side. That is yeah. your job. Yeah. So therefore, you, the question of it being a threat or not shouldn't be an issue. It should be like, okay, we fight dark side. Yes, Jedi, go. There's no mm-hmm. debate. There's no decision. It's just like, yes, this is what we do. There's one thing I want to say about that. And I feel like the Jedi are pretty bad at their job because... <laughs> The whole thing about the Force with the Jedi is, like, balance, right? Mm. There's the light, there's the dark, and there needs to be a balance of both. When there is a upturn in light and a downturn in dark, you know, sorry to use the turn of phrase, but the dark is there to meet the light, right? Mm. In, in terms of, like, you need that balance. If the light side is, like, always, you know, in the wind, the dark side is going to do that as well, and then you need that balance, so... Again, I'm not trying to say that this Jedi Master's like onto something, but maybe they're on that kind of train of thought where it's like, okay, we've. But at the hold same, on, hold on. You, like, you gotta, yeah, no, no, I, no, I'm just saying yeah. you, you're balancing the light and the dark with protectors of peace and justice. Right? Yes, again, and that's the so, thing. They're they're they've got multiple roles, right? Yeah, I think in areas like Swotor, the balance of light and dark. I think the best way that that comes across is when you find the Jedi who run into a Sith, and they're like, "Hey, look, we can be at peace." right we don't need to be fighting like you we're can, not mortal enemies yeah you can do your thing and we can do our thing but you can't come into our territory and, fu- and fuck up our stuff. Like a cold war basically that's that's when you get that balance of light and dark i think right but the protectors of peace and justice especially against the drain gear when well, like, the drain don't every, care every time, they just want to yeah, eat every, everything every every time they they try to have a discussion with the drain gear it ends the same way i mean right? except like, for except, once except for ram for but that yeah exactly we have the stupidity with that one where they let the drain gear go but in all intents and purposes even in crash point tower 
it's always the same thing. They don't want peace. They want to eat everything. Yeah. So if you can't get a, a, you know, if you can't open a discourse with that, what are you going to do? Just let them run around and eat people? They're not being much of a protector then. I can't wait for the next uh, book to come out called uh, Drangir but, Treason. But I mean, your your point, and I mean, uh, again, this is going to be spoilery for Dan specifically, so I won't get too much into it. But with your point of the light and dark, that is okay. a good point, And that's why you need to play KOTOR 2. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. It's on my list. For it to, yeah. you know. But get that side of the discussion. The Drangir are an infestation, and if they look at it, anything else than that, mm-hmm. then there's too much. There's too much. They're an infestation. You have to burn it out, cut it out, do whatever. It is now just a. You're doing cleanup at this point on the galaxy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you you need to make sure that they're gone and they're gone well because as as Noma was saying with Ty and everything that takes, you have to make sure mm-hmm. it's all if gone. You don't yeah. they sprout up again like. You can't take 20 Jedi to kill it, leave one there, it goes back, then it doesn't matter if there's one there. Was it this book yeah. where they said, like, if a seed is there, it's, it's going to grow? Is it this book or is it the other book? I can't, I can't remember. I'm not but, sure. it's, but it's a good point, right? Like, they can, and it's the same thing, right? They're, this is a race where it's like, well, if we kill all, if we kill a bunch of them and leave, like, the three men alive, they can't reproduce. It's like, well, no, with the Drain Gear, it's just, if they're there, they'll make seeds because they're plants. Yeah. And... So you can't just be like, oh, I don't think the threat, we don't need to deal with the Drangir anymore. They've been dealt with. It's like, yes, and in a year, they'll be back to an, an innumerable legion. And not only that, they have space travel. Like, they know how to use ships, which is terrifying. Yeah. Right. And we don't know if they've got their own fleets at this point yet. As far as we know, they've got one ship. Mm-hmm. But still, they are spreading throughout the galaxy. And especially if you don't know how, then that's a huge threat, especially when they cover that much of the galaxy that quickly. Because we see from Chris's call, they hit most of the frontier at the same time. Well, I think it's their seeds were dormant on those planets yes, for like a, mille- like, oh, so like a millennia. Fair, and then fair. once yeah, that yeah. signal went up and the Brenner's like, wake up, everybody. Everybody's like, Shoop. But yeah, still, even at that point, right? Like, they don't know how it is. Right? They don't know yeah, where right? they came maybe, from or like what the... Maybe, uh, yeah, the right? Maybe after Rising Storm, they figured out, okay, it was seeds that were dormant, like you guys said, on the planets, and then they woke up. But at that moment, if you don't know, it's just, holy shit, they hit most of the frontier at the same time. And what the hell? This is massive. It's right? still reinforcing your original point, because what Starlight Beacon is supposed to do is to connect the frontier to the rest of the Republic. That's information, that's video music, whatever you want to have. It's there as a beacon. A relay. And so and, you yeah. have no right to ask if it's a threat when you can actively check Here. and be yeah. like, what yeah. Chris did for the hut in the matter of just like, okay, look, see, hey, can you show this? Okay, great. Mm-hmm. Oh, are they really a threat? Hey, um, controller, yeah, bring up the drainer. Th- oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it shows that the HUD has a little bit more common sense than this Jedi does. Let's let's be honest. Yeah, seriously. We're just forward thinking, but it's just like if you're sitting there, t- then then I think Stalin also points that out in um, Rising Storm. In Rising Storm, in conjunction with Elzar, because Elzar kind of brings him back, and the whole that whole situation brings him back. Like, yeah, dude, no, I can't. It's not just force, and everything can just go away. It's just like force, and then using other technologies. Just like you know, mm. I, I meditate on this, but I also have this real time feed of this thing going on, so I can you know kind of direct what I want to meditate about mm. because I can see the problem. But these guys on the council chamber, they're just like, oh no, fuck all that. We'll just meditate, and it's just like that's not gonna help you. If yeah. you're not focusing on the actual issue or you don't have a, a grasp of the danger of the issue, because mm. all of a sudden, like, you're just going to get, like, Kiev, for example, 
during her training, she's she gets the vision of the of the locusts and where they'll eventually head up, mm-hmm. uh, head head to, which is why she contacts Beacon and be like, it's something to do with you. Yeah. Why? And that's how and that's how she figures out. Oh, and oh, yeah, her and the controller are just like, yeah. So yeah. they're following this frequency and they're gonna end up there because they think it's home and they're gonna mess everything up. So let's change it and then they'll be on their way again, right? But if she, that was a vision that she just got in the midst of that because the threat was right in front of her. Mm. Again, these council members do not have... They're sitting in a room with their t- you know, thumbs, of that, you know? Right? Yeah. So it's like, you should be, you should actively be going out. Like, that, there should be a hollow projector in there that's going on like a, like a, like a meeting room constantly. Like, Especially almost a, like a circular chamber where, like, holograms can pop up, like, you know... Well, I mean, and like uh, saying good things and bad things to the Jedi and, Council and, and giving them information, that, <laughs> like in the prequels. That, one, one thing I'm, I'm tr- like, I find kind of funny is when, how many time periods have we had an actually useful Jedi Council? None so far. Just, almost one. Almost like, yeah. one. In canon, Swartor's, none. Well, yeah, like Swotor yeah. is the only one I can really think of where yeah. it's like a, a decent Jedi Council. Because all of them, some. At one point or the other, like Tython isn't that cut off, and they're actively all interested in what's going on in the war effort. They're actively yeah. keeping each other appraised, and they have masters from the council, several of them going out and figuring mm-hmm. stuff out and then relaying stuff back. Like when you're doing the Jedi Knight stuff, uh, Orgus Din is constantly just like, All right, you do that. I got to go check in with them and tell them everything that's going on. I'll mm-hmm. be back with you shortly. Kind of thing. So at least, you know, they're kept in the loop. But for a situation like this where you have the Nihil, you have the Drenger, you have relief uh work for from the great disaster and everything going on in there they should be like yes it's a meta the whole temple's a meditation place but you have you have spots for that in the temple go there when you need to do that when you're in that room trying to d- discuss how the the rest of the jedi are going to act and who, how you, who you're going to send out what you're going to do it's a strategy room at that point have your damn information up mm. it's that simple but we go in there and it's just oh light bathing through windows and people in robes just sitting around it's like so so what is this just a nap room because this is all you guys are doing like, it's 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 ridiculous mm-hmm. oh we should meditate on this we shall it's like uh, you you're not learning anything from this because you weren't there that's this is the problem and this is why yoda brought it into the prequel series because he's not there looking at the things right now where it's like it's a time of peace therefore i could do whatever i want right the peace is gone Mm-hmm. Right, the pieces have been gone since the threat. The Nihil showed up since the Drenger showed up, everything like that. But in this time of war, you're not there. You're not seeing the missteps of everything that this council is doing right now. So you're bound to repeat them. And technically, right now, I feel like the High Republic's Jedi Council is worse than the prequels Jedi Council because at least the council members on that, you know, on the prequels Jedi Council were actually going out and doing things. Is anyone active besides Stellan right now? Because when they do the meeting, uh, it's like it, think, it sounds like everybody else I think is. Yeah, Chris is a master. Is she not? No, she's not. No, because no, because she's Marshall, right? That's what. Oh yeah, she switched over to Marshall. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, she didn't even switch over. Um, because they they brought it up to her before, and she was like, "Yeah, no, I want nothing to do with yeah, that." Yeah, yeah, I forgot yeah, about yeah. That. In the comic flashback, yeah, she's yeah. like. And, and then they're like, like, no, we're not here for the council. You're Marshal. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. We'll make you Marshal. Which, another yeah. thing is just like, you know what, Grandmaster, if anybody should be Marshal of the new big thing that's supposed to be like yeah. the, the Republic on the Outer Rim, put your highest member. Like, Jorah Mali was supposed to do it. And she was on the council, I believe. 
So it's just like, you know what? If you can't get another council member, you can have a grandmaster right there. Take yeah. run through this. You, you, I trust you the most. You're the, one of the highest members of the order. This is the new Starlight Beacon. It's supposed to be a big symbol. You be here. Oh, no, no. Oh, Jesus Christ. There, I, I can't wait to read all the things Yoda's and the, And the thing is, if these Padawan aren't like the embodiments of the the pure light, pure dark, pure, the father, whatever, if they're not mm-hmm. in, on some kind of level like that, yeah, seriously. where it's just like you need to be 24-7 watching these kids at yeah. this point or the galaxy might fall apart. And yeah, it might sound stupid, but that's the level I'm holding this at right now. Because if they're just normal fucking Padawans, I, I, I'm losing so much respect. Oh, and, right and there, there's there's something I'm kind of concerned about. I mean, unless they explain it as this is the reason why he's like this, but because they've got the one, the uh, God, I can't even remember a name from Crash Point Tower. Zeev is the the girl who's force sensitive, but not actually a Jedi, but it has like insane force. Yeah, powers yeah the one that's yeah. she's in the yeah. High Republic Adventures comics. That's where they get yeah, her. Yeah. So if she because they say in Crash One Tower she's too old to start Jedi training. Mm-hmm. So if she's on the same team as Yoda and he's cool with that, then what the hell was up with Anakin? Mm-hmm. Unless something horrible happens to her in High Republic and that becomes the reason why Yoda's like, no, 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 uh, too old, can't do it mm-hmm. at all. But if not, then it's like, well, then why Why was Yoda freaking out about just Anakin? Yeah, True. Because she's apparently on the Padawan team. So I don't, I who knows? We'll see. I, I'm not going to judge it yet, but I'm just... It's like it's like before Bad Bat started airing. I'm concerned. Yeah, yeah. no, that's about, that's completely fair. Right. But yes. Kind of jumping back around again. There's two characters in this book that I did like once they were introduced. I'll go over, I guess, the shorter one first, which was Astala, who, like we said, is basically like the Jedi coordinator for Starlight. When I first saw him, he's got a really interesting look. I thought it was <laughs> the first thought I had was like it, he looks like if a Devaronian like poke evolved <laughs> into like the next stage. Yeah. Because he's got, like, the same red skin and, like, kind of devil horns, but he's got these, like, two little smaller holes on his head. Apparently, he's a Kasurian, which I've never heard of. I, that I might, might be, be like, a sequel. I don't, yeah. think it's, I don't but, even think it's a sequel trilogy. Oh, yeah, it's just, like, High Republic. I don't first. remember it at all, but maybe it is. I'm Yeah, I'm not too sure. I, I like the look. I feel like, like that I've tiefling seen, look almost a little bit. Yeah, kind of. Like, I, I feel like I've seen them before somewhere, but I'm not 100% sure. But he was really cool, right? I, I do also More like, really, it's yeah. not, like... One of my favorite things to see is just a uh, sarcastic Jedi. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So there, there's a great point where uh, Keeve is trying to lead the Locust away. And uh, Stella's like, yeah, I'll change the frequency. And she's like, you'll make it something that the Locust can't follow, right? And he's like, no, I was planning to make it a jazz channel. Yeah, exactly. And she's like, are you being sarcastic? And I'm like, what do you think? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, my God. They, they first appeared in The Rise of Skywalker. Oh, okay, there you go. Uh, so at the end. Yeah. So. Doesn't make it doesn't make it a shit species. It's, it's no, really no, interesting. It's just, so it's I'm, unfortunate I'm that that's where it came yeah. from. <laughs> I mean, but yeah, no, it, it, they do. Was there an actual it, species in it, or was it just mentioned? Does it say? It's probably the same thing as like the Abednego, where it's like they never mentioned them in the movie, but they had stuff uh, maybe. for them. Yeah, but yeah, he was, you know, so he was really cool. I enjoyed all of his stuff, and then you get to see him fight as well on Starlight Beacon. Kind of with that Starlight Beacon thing, we get Orbelin, which it was great to see him again. I kind of assumed that he just looked like an astro. Like I was really picturing him as uh, Space Hero Thirteen. From My Hero Academia. Now, I was so, actually picturing him as like an, a rudimentary like mech suit. Mm-hmm. And then like in the center of his chest is like this glass container where like he would sit. That's, That's what I pictured dude. in a, and like in like oh, okay. he had like you, a little You thought like, he looked like Kang. You thought he looked like Krang basically. Krang from <laughs> Ninja, Ninja, Ninja Turtles. Turtles. <laughs> uh, I'm not a huge Ninja Turtles fan, so I've seen pieces oh, of yeah. it. Your image is uh, what I thought. Kind of, but less ridiculous, like less... 
yeah, yeah obviously yeah. less ridiculous it looks, it looks like similar design but like more better <laughs> yeah you're thinking of the nihil guy when you describe him like that oh, that's this, no yeah. no 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 the yeah. other dude the the tempest runner yes the tempest runner i kind of saw the similar oh, thing between them yeah, yeah, yeah. But like that's yeah. my mind went immediately and it might be because i was playing ratchet and clank recently the new one and like mm. they have these like weird mech suits where like things are in them and stuff like that so that's kind of where my mind was Okay. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm kind of cool with this design. He kind of looks like a Mysterio type character now. Yeah, like a I, Jedi I, Mysterio. I got an immediate image because his helmet looks very similar to. I'm gonna be the only one who knows this, but in War, if anyone's played Warhammer 30k, Horus Heresy, there's a Mechanicum unit called the Thalix, and they've got that same elongated black uh, head with the kind of uh, nozzle muzzle at the front. Mm. it's a very cool look though he, outside of that he it's it's basically a very cool helmet with a kind of very standard kind of like it's almost like the same astronaut suit you see in kotor 2 at paragus station yeah similar yeah yeah, yeah. except he, he doesn't waddle which god i hate that i was waiting i was waiting part, for us but... to get like a visual of him yeah in the suit you know but we didn't see that it was just like this white container on his uh, like for your head yeah he'd actually yeah. get the sea orberlin which is unfortunate but yeah he, he doesn't get his suit breached this time yeah um, you guys Remember, um, in Attack of the Clones, when Anakin's cutting the fruit and he yep. floats it over to Padme, and he's mm -hmm. like, "I shouldn't even be doing this." Like Obi Wan would get seriously pissed off at me if he saw this. Mm -hmm. And she's like, "Oh, whatever." Then for doing simple tasks like that, and then meanwhile we see Estalamaru. He's in here. And he's doing his job, and he's got a cup of tea. Yeah, floating <laughs> behind him, yeah. beside him. And I'm seeing that. I'm just like. Isn't that just blatant use of the force for something? Like, yeah. like should you, can't you just hold the cup? It's like, no, I'm scrolling through all these things right now, and then I'll just float it over. Yeah. And so it was like, <laughs> really, really. And if you can get in trouble for that, you're a master, and you're, you're pulling yeah. this. Right. I think, I think it also shows okay. like the difference in mindset between the High Republic Jedi and the Republic Jedi, where we have like the Republic Jedi are like by the book stay like this because if we do this that could happen and we don't want that to happen mm -hmm. so we do this and we don't do things outside of that box because if we do anakin which which is just pure fear at it that is. point which is kind of which is interesting to see sad. like what happens here at the high republic that like goes so shitty that they are that scared but see i think just through discussion alone sorry i'll let you get to your point in a sec yeah no worries but th the difference between the two eras is becoming apparent to me is mm. this stuff what's happening right now is missteps due to confidence yeah because they're it's been they, peace they for so long yeah they're untouchable at this point so they are overconfident but it's justifiably so mm -hmm. as as frustrating as it is because we see all the the downsides to this from what happens mm. but it's it's confidence versus fear and for that point it, to for it to get that far and that bad and for them to not look that in the eye and realize what it is, it's like, has nobody ever sat down and be like, well, you know, why why don't we explore this? Because it leads to the dark side. Okay, but is, is that like 100% certainty? Oh, we don't want to find out. Well, why don't we? Because mm -hmm. it leads to the dark side, that's bad. But why are you so scared of it? If you're supposed to, you're supposed to understand this knowledge, you take all these dark side things, lock them away in the archive with Jocasta and never look at them, never explore them. I can understand the risk of doing so, Oh, there's a vault. No, there's a vault down in the basement. Yeah. Like, yeah. But it always surprised me when we hit that Tarkin book and they mentioned, oh, yeah, it's, this Jedi temple is actually built on a Sith, you know, old temple and like shit like that. And you're like, yeah. And which they okay. go back to in Into the Dark, right? Yeah. Where it's just like, uh, yeah. Okay. But, 
but if something happens, it's just like you have nobody that can be like, I've done a bit of research on that. And according to this legend and this legend or this text or whatever, mm. this might be a, a thing. So we have to look out for that. Or the, like, you, you know, like there's hazmat suit testing and everything like that. There needs to be like controlled looking at dark side objects like, mm-hmm. if you if you thought it was so threatening to bring it here you know shouldn't you have like a panel like the council on one side of like mm-hmm. a wall just being just like all right now tap into that slowly or read that slowly and as if a threat starts to come through from that you have enough to yeah, shut it down right there yeah. right where it can't it can't worm its way in and you keep that under like 16 levels of, of protection or whatever mm-hmm. may have you so nobody can just willy-nilly be like, hey, i'm just gonna i'm just gonna steal it Hand. Yeah. You don't you, you don't give that opportunity for that. So Ironic- with, oh yeah, sorry, sorry. sorry sorry go ahead. Oh no, I was just gonna say like with the the analogy you're making, it's kind of funny to me because I just realized this as well. It's actually High Republican now prequels are almost starting to mirror Warhammer, mm. where it's High Republic is like 30k, where it's like hey you can experiment with stuff. You know there is some freedom. You know we can do things, we can experiment. Just be careful. Mm-hmm. And then in 40K, it's a lot more like, no, 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 we don't experiment. There's no creativity allowed. You're not allowed to step anywhere outside of these boundaries because if you do, heresy immediately, we purge you. Yeah. Or, you know, kick you out is the equivalent. It's just, it's very much like, look, because of all the fear that we have and because of the 2% chance that something could go bad with demons, you are not allowed to have any motes of creativity or free will or thinking. And it's actually kind of interesting that you're saying all this stuff and I'm thinking it is almost kind of that same thing Mm. because there is one other point that I'm curious about, which is, from what we've heard from all the stuff in High Republic, there's a lot of Jedi temples out there, right? We've got Volo, we've got they uh, confirmed Jedi. the Jedi the Jedi temples active, yeah. Tython, there's a, there's another one I'm trying to remember. Uh, whatever the planet was in Light of the Jedi that Elzar or not Elzar that Bell and Loden and Porter Engel start on, yeah, yeah, that the, one. The, um, er, 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 so yeah. Yeah, yeah and then hits all prime by the end of the book. There was Jedi temples all over the galaxy. Yeah. So something still has to happen in light of, in High Republic that reduces all those temples from across the galaxy to Coruscant, right? Because I think still, as far as we know from the prequel trilogy, Coruscant was the only active Jedi temple. Yeah, because you look at look at what happens just in uh, with Cal, right? A little bit after the Empire, like five years into it or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you know you're visiting you're visiting places, and it's just like, oh, look at this te- rundown temple here mm-hmm. from Zepho stuff and all that. But it's just like, there's no other Jedi temples around, or the one yeah. that was on um, Lothal, yeah, on Lothal temple. for rebels, the one that's on Ilum. All those mm-hmm. just just. I'm excited rebels. to see those yeah. in this. Yeah, they're all if, gone. Yeah, because they're yeah. they're definitely active in this time. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. There's no way they wouldn't be. I think. If I'm not mistaken, they also mentioned the Lothal they Temple did. at some point in High they, Republic. And I think they showed the planet Lothal on like a picture, I think, of something in a comic. I can't Maybe, remember. Yeah, I'd like it, it shows up at some point. But yeah. yeah, it's like you go in again, just pulling comparisons from 30K to 40K. You go from having all this stuff and all of this expanse and freedom to knocking it all down and having almost nothing, right? So yep. it's, I'm curious. Maybe it has to do with the leveler that we see in Rising Storm. I actually would be surprised if it didn't. Or that compared with the gear, like, more with the drain gear and the nihil, like that's just mm-hmm. a recipe for disaster. It's just adding, adding threats on threats, which is interesting, right? It feels mm-hmm. like as much as Rising Storm felt like an Empire Strikes Back moment, I feel like we're not even there yet. No, there's going yeah, to be no. some horrific thing that happens. We're not even in phase so. two yet. We're still in phase one of the High Republic, and then we're hitting oh, okay. wave three after Out of the Shadows. Okay, yeah, and like 
all of this is going on and we still haven't even heard of the Sith intervention or threat or anything that's happened just yeah. yet. Mm. So like And all... I'm assuming like near the end of the High Republic, like closer to because this takes two hundred years prior to you know yeah, episode yeah, one, right? Close. So like somewhere between now and episode one, we need to get Plagueis and Palpatine. Like well, yeah, because that happened somewhere. Well, that's what the acolytes assumedly going to go over, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. Well, th th we're not sure yet because that's uh, assumedly. Yeah. that's what, yeah. They said that's near the end of it, and it's yeah, something to yeah. do with the dark side. So we'll see. I would because, love to see that, but well, I'm not sure. Remember, remember how old Palpatine is at the start of um, episode one. Uh, episode one, he's like. I wouldn't like say thirties, forties. Nah, he's older than that. I'd say late forties to fifties mm -hmm. when he becomes sen when he's senator for Naboo. Okay, but because by the time he gets because Anakin's what nine in that movie, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. he gets ten years to episode two, and we see you know he's now chancellor in episode two, and he's a little older, and then by three he's like he's. <laughs> and he's got the gray hair and everything like he that. Aged so he's like, like milk, let's say. <laughs> well, so I mean, that, partly that's the lightning's fault. I was gonna say, yeah. <laughs> right. So with that, with that being said, like he's he, we're gonna have at least by year one seventy between one fifty and one seventy. Mm. Palpatine will have to be there, which means that young, Plague young Palpatine. Is, yeah. Yeah, which means that Plagueis has to already be established That's at what that I'm thinking, point. Yeah. Yeah. And well, at this point, the rule of two is still probably in play, I would assume. 100%. Yeah. So I'm thinking at this point, either Tenebris right now is yes, like using. With Plagueis? Using not, not yet, but he's using this crisis or whatever it is to supersede his master. Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. have a little bit of downtime and find Plagueis. It'd be interesting yeah. to see if they yeah. interact with the progenitor. Yeah. You actually, Ed, you, you basically read my mind there because I was thinking for Acolyte, it would be interesting if it was Tenebris, you know, putting his plans in motion and usurping his master, kind of like what you were saying. Mm. Well, not kind of, exactly like what you were saying. Yeah, because this could be, it's like, is this all manipulation of Martian through just like, you know, some subtle suggestion at this point? Because remember, they're not actively getting involved in anything anymore, at least yet. So mm. from here, it's all proxies and shadow wars and all that to do with them. So mm -hmm. they're very much unknown, unknown, right? So it's just like, you know, Martian and his father, well, you know, they had Mari Santeca and all that. Well, mm -hmm. who, you know, who's influencing that? So, and then, yeah. sorry. I was just going to say quickly on the Acolyte, just before we continue with the Mari Santeca stuff, just a synopsis to give us a refresher. It says, it's a mystery thriller that will take an audience into a galaxy of shadowy secrets and emerging dark side powers in the final days of the High Republic era. So this is like finishing the High Republic, going into the Republic. Yeah. Right. So it, it could be interesting, right? If we're getting into, like we were saying, Tenebris and all that kind of stuff, and maybe having that be, you know, planting the seeds of fear that then make the Jedi regress so much from High Republic into mm -hmm. Old Republic. Yeah. It, it'd be cool, right? It's an interesting concept. So I'm, I'm mm -hmm. excited for that just to see how this huge paradigm shift comes about. Mm -hmm. So you're saying about Mars and Tekka there? Oh no! It was just in in conjunction with just like you know the, all that influence and where they found her and how they're keeping her and all these like oh yeah use this like who told you to use the paths oh we've had this in our family from who because who set them there who planted them there who planted the mm -hmm. thought there right who found like, them you guys, you guys just didn't pop up out of nowhere and was just like hey we have this thing let's go let's go conquer 
Every time we see somebody getting sent out to conquer something, it's been somebody in the back being like, go warm them up. Also, what is mm -hmm. what are the Sentekas getting from the Nihil that benefits them? Is it money? Is it, you know, well, they're not getting it they're not, they're not. She was stolen. Yeah, yeah. Oh, she was stolen from the Sentekas. Is that what happened? Yeah. Oh, I thought and she was willing. No, no, no. In, in Light of the Jedi, uh, when Elzar and Chris meet with the Sentekas, that's right. Say that's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah, you say right. afterwards, like it could be this that person. She should be dead. Yeah, because yeah, she's like a so hundred and something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I forgot and about they're, that. But they're just freaking out and being like, "The Jedi cannot find out." Also, Mari's kind of batshit crazy by this point. We saw with like the her talking oh, yeah. with, we, well, with we, we saw how she's set up. Of course, she'd be yeah. crazy. Oh yeah. Her setup is horrific. Yeah. It's the same as like Mr. House if you ever played Fallout New Vegas. But going back to anything to do with this specific comic, is there anything that? You guys like? Oh yeah, I, we, we I, I still had a second point. Okay, go for it. Yeah, <laughs> we, as we haven't are... left off this. We're just making. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I know, just, I know. As the Dragon Gear, we are making a root system. Yeah, we are. But yeah, Kiev. I think her lightsaber style might be my new favorite. Like it, it before, just favorite kind of lightsaber combos in general with the temple guards because I love that flip out into the like you know they've got the two pressed together. Yeah, you flip it out into the double lightsaber and activate that. That's cool. But I think keeve and cal's ability to have just two lightsabers that combined into one double bladed lightsaber or even just having one like you have a lot of options there oh well yeah like but just that that fact right because yeah. like i have a weakness for long hilted lightsabers that's why saber staffs were also one of my favorites uh you can say, so you can cool. say noma likes long hard things <laughs> wow cool and i'm the child from crash point tower no <laughs> i just i had i had to say it because you set me up so well no for that. no i see it <laughs> but i don't like it's just something about having something to be able to switch from like a sword to a spear yeah i just love that kind of flexibility right so seeing this stuff in action now where it's like cool so you can you can have all three of those now theoretically with uh with what keeve and cal have right mm. where it's like single-bladed lightsaber connect them together double-bladed lightsaber deactivate one hilt now you've basically got like a um uh, I, uh, damn it! I can't remember what you call a short spear, but basically that, right? Like you've got this like extended hilt with the lightsaber blade on. It's just all these options for all these different situations with styles, and I just love how they. Flip, I'm excited to see what the higher book does for lightsabers in terms of like different types of weapon type things because we get the whip mm. which Vernestra did and the force guided her to do even though she's like i yeah. shouldn't be doing this but i'm gonna do it anyway because the force is like go for it so she's I like i'm gonna shit if people <laughs> see this but at the same time it's like make it your own like that's what a jedi's lightsaber is is it's personal to mm. you and that's that's how it works right well i won't get into the whip again because i brought up before the whip is ancient technology yeah, that she yeah. just did again right it's not the first time you're not supposed to as a um, jedi right apparently that's what, that's what she just, said, at least. Well, it, it, was, it was like an unusual thing. It's, 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 just, it's unusual for both sides. Because yeah. your enemy is not... They, they're not trained to fight against it. And like, when Githany had her light whip, the whole explanation was just like, it's unorthodox. Mm -hmm. You have everybody in the galaxy knowing what we use, and then you go and whip out this, and they just they can't figure it out. And there's yeah. a fight scene where somebody's trying to defend it, and it just curls around the blade and whips in the eye. Yeah. Uh, so the same thing with Vernastra is just like, yeah, nobody's going to be ready for you with this. It's your dual phase action all over. Yeah, I was say, she had the dual phase where she could turn it off and on, right. so she can have a normal purple lightsaber or do the purple whip, which is awesome awesome exactly right so you have that it, you have the different hilts and the like stellan's i love stellan's cross guard it's so nice mm -hmm. and then like, like the, the cross out that has like these thin little like uh, energy beams i love it it's so cool that's posturing of that one i like avar's yeah. she also has a cross guard <laughs> but it's like it's more like a rohirrim blade than anything mm. um but even still like with all the unique stuff going on here 
when you see all this happening because you know this is all it's like you know what is your design what is your for but also you know we're in this era of just like high fashion for the jedi at this yeah point, they were right? talking so, about you know their different temple outfits and stuff like that in the rising storm exactly. and all that shit yeah so it's a it's allowed and it's in, i guess it's encouraged because you're still like the clones at this point they're expressing their individuality this way mm -hmm. but we see how you know they turn empire and have that cookie cutter stormtrooper you're talking about like the bad match specifically right now and what? then like like the, the... No, no no just, just let me finish just let me finish and then <laughs> you go from there so shit Clones individuality. Clones individuality. You're talking about. Yeah. So like the the Jedi of this era are like the clones of the Republic because they are mm. so they have that individuality. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They, I see. Like like the way they express themselves through like you were saying with Stalin's lightsaber with the different hilts with all that through the robes and how they wear them and what they choose to wear like Elzar he hates wearing them so he doesn't and then they're laughing at Selen because he gets his all dirty and all that right mm. and he likes all those whereas we get to the, the fall of the jedi era and they're all this just like you know march them off the line and here you go yeah, and we're all just and anakin was one of the first yeah. ones we had to see with a different uh color palette mm, his robes right. and the the, they were look they were looking at him just like those kind of thing right yeah. so that again is another glaring you know okay where did individuality where did individuality go in all this like when did you become robotic what caused robot like these are the questions that will be answered but the more you read in high republic and the more you really take a deep dive look into it you start to see so many just like the differences night and day differences yeah. because they are night and day and night with a capital k am i right <laughs> yeah and it's <laughs> it's it's crazy that this is in the span of 200 years because 200 i still feel like 200 years isn't a lot of time for this so it, i something yeah, yeah. drastic and if this isn't already drastic enough what is next yeah mm -hmm. and we're only within the first year of the high republic so that's interesting it's, i mean yeah, of, that's true of this point of the high republic at least yeah yeah current history i was gonna say too the um, other thing that okay. makes individuality like set is like every jedi sees the force a different way and we get to see that yeah which is yeah, awesome yeah. anyway go ahead noma yeah, no, just going with a couple of other things. There was one thing where I, I guess I just wasn't looking at Test of Courage or the concept art for Vanestra, mm -hmm. but in this comic, I was kind of surprised because they show her, like we said, and I've never seen a Miriallen without honor marks before. She doesn't have any well, anywhere she, on her. She might not have them because she was like pulled in as a kid, right? So she doesn't yeah, have well, her culture. Yeah, but so were, Bar so were Barris and Luminara, though. I don't know. I don't know, man. I, Maybe she hasn't gotten there yet? it's tough to say she's so yeah. prodigy that maybe they thought they didn't want to put anything on her yeah to influence or maybe she didn't want to do it herself like we don't know i don't know if she have a choice in the culture really yeah I'm, i have no idea but it, it was i mean it, it took me a second because i was like that can't be renestra she's that doesn't look like a mirror yet oh that's why and it then could it just, also when be I that there's no marks they there. missed the mark like they just did an art boo-boo like it definitely could no, be no because no, I, no. I looked her up afterwards in every single thing she's appeared in, oh she doesn't okay happen. okay yeah. fair enough fair because enough. they were really they were really heavily focused on in the concept stuff about her being mary allen so mm -hmm. like that's one of the first things you have to, i remember like trying yeah, I remember to make that one too. and choosing your marks so let's say i don't want to go with none she does yeah by the left of her eye she has six little diamonds oh yeah yeah on the left oh. side of her face if you type yeah, in her just... row it's the very very small if you most of the angles you see her at are her right side oh okay i'll, I'll, I'll look it up but yeah. it's just it's surprising right because most of the time they're very blatant and for me that's what immediately tells me someone's mary allen is when you see that that green and black yeah but no it's just it's interesting yeah, yeah we kind of went over 
And uh, just jumping back as well to Light Whips, it always was interesting to me because I feel like Light Whips were always, like Ed was saying, right, because they're such a rarity and so hard to fight against, it elevates you to, it gives you a, a huge advantage in fighting, basically, because I, I always remember, I can't remember her name, Lady Luminia? Lumin uh, I can't remember her name, but the first person to ever really use a Light Whip in Extended, uh, Dark Lady Luminia, I, I don't know if anybody else can remember her name, but she used a Light Whip, and even just being like not even a real Sith, just like a dark lady of the dark side of the force, she was able to go toe to toe with Luke because he had no idea how to fight it, right? Yeah, because they're not trained against a whip, like a, a lightsaber yeah. whip, maybe I'm an energy about... whip, which is different because I'm assuming like a lightsaber can just probably cut right through that. Well, and an energy whip doesn't cut. Doesn't yeah, it doesn't cut hurt. Off like, it hurts you. It shocks you, but that's all it does. Yeah, yeah. But so her being able to just you know sneak this thing around in circles around him, put off you know, made made her able to fight Grandmaster Luke. Yeah to a standstill at least for the first couple of times so that that part's interesting i don't yeah i don't think there's any like taboo against it but it is just super like i, I think don't the, think there's the... a jedi fighting style specifically with a lightsaber whip so that's gonna be something maybe she can start yeah. to work on just think of it this way through through everything she's got to learn how to use this thing on her own there is no training for it mm. you don't have a master at the academy who's using a light whip to yeah, train yeah. padawans to use exactly so yeah. the fact that yeah the fact that she's just gone and done it on her own you have to accept that risk and responsibility of you could kill yourself mm. because you don't know how this thing's going to work. You really have to be like the only time she should use this is when she's like experiencing this like force takeover or whatever, where she's like got this complete uh, clarity and um, oneness, I yeah. guess, where she's in that, mm. she's in that flow. In zone. She, can be like, she can be like, all right, yep. I am I am one with the force forces with me whatever whipping around doing whatever and then as soon as that goes away you turn that dual face off because you won't be ready for whatever the hell is happening I think mm. if anybody can do it it's gonna be the prodigy right like it'll have to be like yeah. they, they can adapt pretty quickly and they're you know highly intelligent yeah so. oh I also I looked up the name because it was bugging me it is uh dark lady Lumia mm. that's Nice. And yeah, like, like I kind of mentioned in there, like she's not actually Sith because she was an Emperor's Hand. So she's about as Sith as Mara Jade was. Yeah. But yeah, it's just, you know, having that light whip, she was able to... Or even like Inquisitor type style? Better, I, better than an yeah, Inquisitor? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Emperor's Hands were, were yeah. They, they were the... But like, I mean, like in canon, yeah. like that would be the closest thing at the moment. Yeah, yeah. like a, a, a stronger Emperor's Hand, basically. No, no. Yeah. Even, even in canon, the, I, I equate the the inquisitorious to just um the bad batch well they're, they're like dark side <laughs> users they use the force yes. but they're not yes. sith right well so from what we know about the inquisitorious i think they were all jedi knights who fell yeah yeah yeah, yeah. They're the fallen um, angels of the jedi right yeah. so they're, they, they are still jedi trained but like you know these are your jedi that were just kind of like uh, am I good enough to be one? If not, this this is the yeah. one where the temptation was just like you know it's there. The thing that, um, the thing that gets me it. is like why why did they choose those Jedi? I, I don't think whoever we, could fall. I think I right? guess, but like they didn't really give it. Like from what we've seen from them hunting down the Jedi, they didn't even give them a chance. And like most of the people we see die are the masters, which are probably not gonna fall as easily. So like maybe the temple guards who well, are I'm, you know I mean, knights. Well, yeah, you, you look at like their highest member was a temple guard who fell, right? And as far as we know, I mean, we don't. We don't know any of the know, other ones, but, yeah. But as far as we know, you know, well, Temple Guard is like below Jedi Master, I would assume. I would assume right? it's like temp, like Jedi Knight and Temple Guard are the same. It's just like your role is different. Like they're on the same level. Ish, I guess. Yeah. So like, 
you know, their highest member was a Jedi Knight, right? Yeah. Like when we look at some of the Emperor's Hand people, they were basically just trained as far into Sith as you could go without actually teaching them any of the Sith tenants or any of the Sith fighting Which styles. Is, it was what, just like what, what I'm saying is that's very similar to like what you're telling me about this person who's like not a Sith, but they're dark side user, yeah. right? That's oh, kind yeah, of my, was, that's my connection. Very highly skilled, but also assassins as opposed to, you know, I guess the Inquisitorious are still assassins, yeah, but they're more so. like a hunter trackers kind of thing. To a lesser degree from what I'm hearing from I, your... Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Emperor's hands just had a lot more broad skill sets. Think oh, yeah. Like Inquisitorious Liam, were not very skilled. Let's put it that way. Liam Neeson versus the bodyguard. Yes, please. That's what, that's what it is. Like, you know, <laughs> taken, you have a whole bunch of different skills that you're using for a certain I will find purpose. you, and I will come mm. get you and kill you. Whereas the Inquisitorius are just like, you have a spe... That's what I'm saying, like, Bad Bash. They are special unit. Like, you, we don't bring you out to fight wars. We don't bring you out anything. You're hunting Jedi. That's why you were made. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's yeah, all yeah. you do. The Emperor's Hands had way more shit to deal with. Oh, yeah. Which is why I don't have them on the same level. Like, mm-hmm. different different training for different things but one can overlap while the other one is specialized sure. because the yeah. the hands could still go hunt jedi and fight toe-to-toe jedi if they could mm. if they wanted to right and the, and the other thing i liked was they had some flexibility right like like we said lumia has a light whip marjay just used a lightsaber some of them used blasters like it was all yeah makes all over the place yeah. yeah whatever they're best at basically yeah I, I love this fucking comic man it was actually pretty good What's yeah, my was favorite of the High Republic stuff? Obviously, I think Rising Storm still holds that for me, but it's good to fill in the blank, and I really, I really appreciate that with this comic series. Mm-hmm. And it was like we kind of said as well. One of the things I really enjoyed was being able to see all these characters that we've heard about. Like we saw Vernestra and Imri for a little bit on that cover, but it's nice to see them in action and doing stuff. And you know, same thing with especially for me, Orba Lynn, since I loved him in Rising Storm. Gotta get a face in the name. Yeah, exactly. Uh, a body to the, the, the a mech to the name. A, a picture to the name. Yeah, basically. it's but not yeah, it's like, not a body technically. It's yeah. Yeah, it was just it was very cool to see him, and you know, even Chris, because like you see Chris a little bit, but it's the same kind of thing that we had with Elzar Man in Rising Storm, where you look at the cover and you're like, oh, is that what he looked like? Would you? Would you? Yeah. I know. I know you're working on your art. Are you gonna think you're gonna draw an Orbalin once you kind of get an idea of like? <laughs> I feel like you. You maybe, definitely want to make like an Orbalin like concept of fan, your own fan art kind of thing. Yeah, I might. Yeah. I might. It would be. It'd be fun to to kind of do that. It'd be fun. Uh, just if mid, if mid I get strangulation. Yeah, if I get to the point where I'm happy enough. Well, if I get to the point where I'm happy enough with my art, I'd love to do a fan art of Orbalin just like shunting Lorna D out yes, the roof. Fuck, I would lo- and like have it from the, the, the low angle where you're like, oh yeah, kind of yeah, behind no, his like, picture, yeah. I can picture it immediately. Yeah, it's it's you're looking over Orbalin's shoulder as he's on the floor and yeah, exactly. <laughs> watch, just, watching watching Lorna dot. D go into like yeah, nor- it, it, well, I, I'd be at like having doing the like the from my hero academia like the Nomu going yeah. through the roof. Yeah, basically. just like in the lines, just following yeah, it. You can, and you can see the roof like impacting under her pressure as she's that's awesome out. yeah <laughs> i can say um another good fun uh orbalin would be uh, when he's like kind of facing off against uh lorna d is like his mm. his slime form just kind of like up against like the glass with two like slime middle fingers <laughs> no that would be that would be when he uh, i would do that when he's enveloping the scorpion yeah, that too is like <laughs> yeah, yeah that'd be hilarious chokes him. some good ideas but, here uh, some good ideas yeah yeah <laughs> oh i do yeah, want well, more i do want more art of and like where are the figures for High Republic? Where is the merch? Speaking of like the High Republic being like the main thing right now, like we got nothing. Again, this is what I am giving them kudos for. We still don't have enough info on any of these characters. We have a few books, mm. yes, but still we have so many different characters where it's just like, all right, 
it's hard to put a line out like instead of jumping on the cash cow like they did with with ray and finn and poe and all mm-hmm. those guys right from the start it's just like no take some time to get to know these characters get to listen to what do you like about them what do you so look for the things like you no know, like we were just saying vernetra doesn't have any things oh they're actually right there you know that's something you could easily miss on a product line that's just a glaring oversight mm. like let all these characters really come into form let them really get into play who's gonna die in the next two books because we don't <laughs> want to print out ten thousand copies of this thing mm. just to turn out to be a useless character so like i feel like by the end of like phase one and everything that goes through with the high republic we might yeah. get a few i feel like right? i feel like like i agree with you in, in the form of like good for them for not just like throwing shit out there but at the same time, they're missing out on pulling in a new audience that doesn't really read the comics no, or books. It, it's, 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 it's a long game at this point. Because look at that. Look how long we took to get to the comic. Mm-hmm. At least myself, right? Because I, I read Light of the Jedi was back in January. But I mean, right? like some people don't even know what the High Republic is right now. Well, so I, I, th- I think that's more of a media a medium problem. It though, is. Because like the, the two easiest ways to pull people into things that I've seen so far is TV shows and movies. Yeah. And video games. Yep. High Republic is neither of those things right now, right? Any of those, and I yeah. get that they, they wanted to be careful with it by releasing it in novels and comics and stuff first, but I feel like there's there's not a lot of merch just because they know their following isn't super huge right now. But that's my right? okay. Sorry. Go ahead, Ed. So, but just look at it this way, right? You you hit the nail on the head right there. Movies, TV shows, all that. Look at where their focus is right now. Look at what we're talking about every week. Look at what we're pushing out. Look what people are watching and everything. Mm. Bad Batch, right before that, we had Mandalorian. We know Disney Plus is popping up right now. That's where they want your focus to be. So they can get these out. They can iron everything out. They can make sure everything's sealed tight with them. And once they realize, okay, we have something here, then they'll start blasting that all over the place because they know they have something. The last time they did something like this, it was a fuck up and the whole community mm. was divided. But you you can't tell me that Noma wouldn't buy an Orbalin like Black Series six inch figure. But not how many now, other people besides me would? would. But, yeah, the, exactly. but the thing that I'm trying to say is like maybe not the character figures, but give me like a Stellan Geos lightsaber. Give me an Avar Chris lightsaber like, for kids. Again, but why? There's yeah, no like, point. It still hits that still hits the Orbalin point. Yeah. But you go out there and you're like, oh, I have not seen that lightsaber before. But Where is that the, from? This is what I'm talking about. You know? Look at the division that Kylo Ren had mm. right from that. We had we they were introducing a cross guard saber and community fucking went all over the place. That was the soft opening for it. They saw that and they're just like, you know what? Let's have this across the board. So it's not just Stellan that has one, but let's introduce a few more characters. Like Tyoric so, even. Like that let me shit finish, out of the saber. Let me finish. But you would, but you would let buy me like, finish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, keep going. We still haven't seen all the different lightsabers. Remember in the concept art, we're still wait- that next book is gonna show the 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 Jedi who has the double bladed single saber. Mm. Right? We haven't seen all these hilts yet. So you want to start popping off and throwing out and selling out those cross guard ones, then all the people are going to be looking for is the hilt and not the actual characters themselves and asking themselves, do they want this or not? Because nobody saw Kylo Ren. They only saw this thing. And then we had, sure, I got one too, but that's because I liked it. Right? Mm. And we have all these out here now. But it's, can you imagine if they just put out one of those double bladed single ones today? The people would be like, what the fuck is this? Mm-hmm. And you, the characters coming out in this book find out more. That's the things we've been saying to them not to do. They're listening for a change. Why? Mm-hmm. Why? I, why go against that? I like. I I understand your point of it. I honestly, I'm not a marketing person. I'm not a business person. But all I'm saying is, from my point of view, I think it would do them justice to even 
you know like maybe don't sell it on the mass what, market put what justice though? hold on but like galaxy's edge it's open again you can have those like really expensive fucking lightsabers but you can make your own so why but, why but they do they, well they do have like the the you know the really nice lightsabers was like the leia lightsaber the double ahsoka lightsabers from uh the mandalorian are there now and like that sort of thing we're we getting that we, we we did get we did get a little bit of the high republic in squadrons where you can have stellan geos's lightsaber in your cockpit mm. so they're they are pushing it towards a different audience there that might not have, have looked at it. And I'm just saying it, the more you kind of, you know, sprinkle it in here or there, like a merch would be one way to do it where like you kind of show it at galaxy's edge or, you know, do something here or there where it's like, okay, now that so... you see this, you're like, that's an interesting thing I've never seen before. Maybe you'll look at it. Whereas if you don't do that at all, it's just not in people's minds unless you're really looking for the books or comics, right? I'm just, maybe it's not the best marketing tactic in my mind. It's just, you can't really lose if people are talking about it. it I win don't or lose. I don't but, so you're just saying continue to do what they're doing then? Not to the degree that they're doing it, but I think maybe throwing because some... I, in that point, they're doing it in the perfect way that you're saying, because it, think about it. Squadrons just went free on PlayStation Plus mm. for everybody, right? Yeah. It's a, it's a game that a lot of people may not enjoy, but like you know, they just kind of threw it in there. So you see Stalin Geos' lightsaber, who's Stalin Geos when he's in this, and then you start to read the series, then you're reading all of this mm. and you want to know more, right? That's it. That's, that's the perfect. That's... That's a that's the soft way of getting people into it without throwing it in their faces. They just threw it in, in an update. They didn't really make a lot of fanfare about it, and that's it. Why? Because all the attention is still on Bad Batch, Mandalorian, and this coming December, it'll be on uh, Book of Boba Fett. Yeah, no, I, right? I get so it. Even, so even less to do with this stuff. But they still need to do it, and they still need to get it out. So by the time they're ready for all this big fanfare to come out, guess mm. what? They have their whole foundation landed. So you know we have all these... All, like the whole here's the dragon threat here's the thing they can almost have their omnibus of the first one so it's just like hey ready to get into the high republic here's everything you need to know and it's mm -hmm. all done already so from that point once that's all finished and we have lines drawn we have you know who's joined the bad who's come from the bad to the good what changes by the end of that and we have a significant okay this is yeah, a perfect yeah. first movie yeah or first whatever then you can start to think about putting stuff out because you have at least a conclusion of something. So yeah. like to get to either like no more saying the empire strikes back moment, or, you know, you've just finished a new hope and now mm -hmm. all the empire strikes back stuff is happening. You could do that. that like, way, but... The only, the only high Republic, like I, I would honestly buy some high Republic merch right now. The only high Republic merch yeah, but... that I don't, that I have gotten that is available were collectors things that you get for ordering something else so i got yeah. the tote bag for the new out of print book and but, i got the socks from another book but we're but we're, we're all heavily rare. invested exactly biased, but that's right that's, that's also that's you're right you're right and I, like honestly you're biased in customers easy you're not trying to do that you're trying to sell across the market i, mm -hmm. well, I, I get it i get it i agree with you guys but i'm going to disagree with you guys and the fact that like personally i would like to see some merch on the, on the market and sure, but it's, it's you the will. same. It's 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 a waiting game for you all at this point. Yeah. That's all it is. You don't don't treat it like there's nothing there for you. No one's actively saying no. You can't buy anything. You're actually ahead of the curve. When things start to come out, you'll be able to pick and choose what you want. Whereas the mass community will be like because you'll know about it. People will be like, and eh, that's it. You know how many people are gonna miss out on items they wish they would have gotten if they if they had read the series beforehand? No, no, I, those I, I will agree. Be, those will be the so you'll be in that position to know exactly what you want what's cool and what might be the new thing that you haven't seen before right right mm. 
like Dan, you're just reminding me right now of uh, when we did the Holland of Headlines and we were talking about Diamond Toys. And the interviewer who was talking to Diamond Toys was saying, like, why isn't there more sequel stuff? Everyone wants Ray figures. Everyone wants, you know, uh, Finn figures. Why aren't you, do you guys, well, like, why aren't you guys making more Kylo Ren figures? And the guy was like, they don't. No, they don't. They don't want more sequel stuff. Yeah. You, and that's the thing. Again, I don't know anything. the market and what they want. I'm just saying, yeah. I know what I want. And I think it might be good publicity for getting more comics and stuff sold by kind of just sprinkling it here and there. But See, my argument my, for that, though, point. would be like, it's look, Star Wars look at, at how many. Yeah. Well, and look, look at Marvel Comics, right? Marvel Comics has been trying to get to retain more of an audience for decades now. And they put out all these figures and they put out all this merch and they put out all this stuff. And it's like, yeah, people will buy it. But for Marvel comic, especially like, you know, even before the cinematic universe, Marvel was always going like on the verge of going down the gutter because yeah. nobody really cares about comics outside of comic book readers. Yeah. Right. And if you are into Star Wars, there's a small, there's a higher chance that you'll get into, you know, comics off of, the like off of the acolyte or something like that maybe if you're interested that's but, say, like that's the only like media that we have that's like tv show or movie that's coming yeah, to the high republic yeah, so far and it's, it's still a huge gamble because like yeah you're saying like oh there, there's nothing that they can lose a shit ton of money is what they can lose yeah. right because you have think to design it. the figures and pay those people and make the molds no, i'm not saying the figures i'm saying like yeah anyway let's move let's move past this topic for, for any merch you have yeah, to yeah, no, you can design stuff, right? i know think, I of know. It, think of it this way it's 2021 people still call him dark vader they do it as a fucking troll. I know it. No, 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 no. Some of them. Ninety percent of or, them do. Or, or on the same vein as that, there are still people who say Clone Wars, is, Clone Wars is a kids show. Because you still anybody that's yeah, no, and right? I, I completely understand where people are coming from because they just assume that you know animation is for kids. Yeah. No, it's that's just how like, it's been marketed in Western society for so long. Just a vast majority are just very casual viewers. So you know, you give them, you give them a little TV show, or you give them a little thing. That's all they need to know. They they're not gonna go diving for comic stuff. So mm. it's again when you have just merch based yeah. off the book and it's all concept in your head, and like you need the comic book for visual reference. Like mm. I I looked up Vernestra again today, and then I see like there's a like an older version of her, an alternate. It looks badass as hell. It really does, but it's just like if you put that on the shelf, people will be like, "That looks really cool." I have no idea. You think it's just uh, you think it's a um, a fanfic thing or whatever like that. So the fact that I could make it into a print, you'd be like, "Well, that might be an interesting thing about it." But like you know, that might sell for twenty. I mean, you bucks. guys are probably right. I'm just I was just saying I think it'd be fun and cool. Well, think of it this way: if they put stuff up now, they're just going to lose money regardless because at, at this point, your popularity with Stellan or anybody like that is at its lowest right now. In, in, <laughs> it's true and not just saying because you don't like him because what happened in the book i'm just saying just due to general knowledge you can't put out a selling geos lightsaber for 400 bucks and nobody knows a damn thing about him the best you can do is maybe 50 to 100 mm. but no if, if, if as... you put one out for 400 dollars and you only have so many of them at like galaxy's edge and the people that are going there are the people that fucking love star wars and have read the fucking comics and they want that lightsaber the, the higher price you put on something that is limited you people can't are gonna fucking do buy that, that at galaxy's edge because you can make your own and get that sold for 400 and it, because it's your own you're willing to pay that much oh, people people, map- people bought like the leia lightsaber and the ahsoka lightsabers from galaxy's edge but again they are more mainstream characters we've had ahsoka for how many years you had leia for how many years this is my point. Well, the Leia lightsaber came from the sequel trilogy of all things. That, no, the Leia, Leia lightsabers came from Legends. That's a whole different thing. I won't get into that now. I'm just saying, <laughs> I think it'd be a good, a fun thing to do. Because like they, they Nobody's were willing to... Nobody's saying you're wrong. Nobody's saying you're wrong. I'm just saying, they, 
think of it from the business side. They I want I, like, money. That's they fair. And that's, finish, I've given it on that point. I get that it's not a money cash cow. I get it. They're going to lose money, but I'm just saying, I think it'd be fun. That's it. I, like, I agree with you guys, but I disagree that I think I, it still would be fun. That's... Get your point that it's not going to make money. It'd be fun money. for you alone in in the corner <laughs> because you know everything. You're the kid who has the the newest thing, and you know all the things the other kids don't know what you're talking about. So they don't care. So it's only fun for you, and that fun you could you could probably have the best. People fun that would buy it. I've seen people all over Twitter from our, like the podcast feed that follow us and that are in the podcast community that are like, yeah, it's a small niche, but they're they're craving that High Republic like merch. Good. That those are the people you want craving it. Yeah. That, this is my point because you will shill out. You <laughs> will shill out whatever. The mass public will be. I'm not paying 100, 200 bucks for this thing. Mm -hmm. As soon as the movie drops, or as soon as the big TV thing drops, or whatever for it is, the easily, easily printing. They can make even if they sell at the same price, right? Instead of making those 50 that'll sell and no more, they can make 2,000 and all 2,000 will sell. Mm -hmm. And look at that. I would That's, love. I would love to see Sorry. the numbers for the Bad Batch merch right now because, like, they oh, shut... probably high. Well, they maybe I don't know because, like, they've only come out with like the the one or two waves of it near Christmas, mm -hmm. and yes, there's nothing but... else been new apart what, from you know what? the Lego. You know what? The Bad Batch has the benefit of having a parent that had seven mm. seasons before it. It's true. Yeah. And so people honestly, knew what they were getting into. And so you don't have to push out merch that it's, fast. And it hits you a wider audience with the TV show. Exactly. For sure. Oh, so I get you. you know I get when you. Do, you'll get paid. Because these guys need more time with books and comics and on that. Because mm. something else to also keep in mind. And I'm not, I'm not trying to, you know, shit on the Star Wars fandom mm -hmm. but when people say oh my god i would i would buy that in a heartbeat like 10 percent of them would yeah like, exactly like right now in this conversation it's it's excuse me and, I'm, and I'm seeing parallels with that right now because yeah. right right now warhammer is putting out a bunch of animated series and people including me for years have been saying i i would love to see warhammer animations i would love to see you know warhammer product and stuff like that i'm not buying the service when it comes out Mostly because it's a paid service. I don't know, but also like, they've just... they've lost your heart in Warhammer, man. Like, oh yeah, I'm dead inside yeah. to anything that that company does, and I'm always going to assume it's going to be the worst moniker. Mm. A lot of people see Star Wars the same way too, right? I'm now starting to get pulled back from that because of all the stuff. I think a lot of people are. Yeah, are getting pulled so, back. But that's into the it. other thing, right? It's it's like yeah, you can say online, oh my god, I would love to buy a Stellan Geo's lightsaber, and then they spend let's. I mean, who, who I don't know how much these things cost, but let's say like they spend two million dollars to to produce the lightsaber, and then a hundred people buy it for four hundred bucks. You've just lost a ton of money. I think it'd right? be selling a lot better than the Constable Zuvio fucking figure. To be fair, than a what? The Constable Zuvio figure from Episode Seven that was on the shelves forever and it oh, never that, fucking sold. But that's they that was that was uh, hubris Disney or yeah. sorry Disney that was a uh, hubris Lucasfilm saying we can do no wrong. Everyone's gonna buy up all of our stuff. It doesn't matter anymore, right? They've and now that they've come back and to reality see that's because that's my point with the high republic series in general this is them finally acknowledging everything and taking mm. like extra precaution at this point which is the best route for them right now mm. especially after what happened because what they would have exactly what you're saying is what we've been trained to see because if they had stayed in that mold you bet your ass there'd be an avar chris lightsaber there'd mm. be there'd be a stellar there'd be you know there we would have vectors 
the little remote controlled vectors and Lego vectors and all that with people being just like, I have no idea what this is. And mm. they don't care because people will go and buy it. Sure. Mm. And people will buy a lot of it because it's Star Wars, but. Yeah. And it, it is also a bit of a, a risk with, you know, doing all novels and comic stuff. Cause I've, I've seen people, I've seen so many people say like, Oh, this thing looks really cool. I'd get into it, but I don't want to read. And it's like, that's, and shoot that's yourself what the is for you. Yeah. All right, but it is that's why TV shows are a lot. Uh, yeah, because more, more mass media. Yeah, you don't have to think. You just click off brain, watch, uh, yeah. and watch media. So I would be. I will say this. I will honestly be surprised if once Wave Two of High Republic comes out, if there's not merch that's starting to back it up. But I think right now they're using the sales as a litmus test to see whether or not it's worth then going through the steps to then start producing High Republic merch. Yeah. So who they knows? will have no doubt that they will. I yeah. je- I honestly think they will, and you will. Then you will see those lightsabers. I guarantee. Well, I'm, you. I, I'm just saying. I wish they were out now. Like I'm not saying like do it now. <laughs> it needs to happen. Like what the fuck? I'm just saying I would buy one now because I think it's fucking cool. Mm. And like, that, that was think, my whole point. It was, and we're just saying it, it would be think, you and ten other people. Yeah, and that's think, it. Yeah. No. And I understand that. We. Yeah. I don't know. It's kind of circular you, conversation the, here. You'd be the one guy in 2021 who'd be pissed off that there's not a cross guard selection at Galaxy's Edge. In, th- <laughs> in, in three years, there will be. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then you'll be like, fuck, I spent 200 on this one where I couldn't get a cross guard. Now I got to go back and pay four. Mm. That'll be the difference. That will be the difference. I yeah. guarantee it. Because they will, once all this starts to pop off and people really start looking at all this, and be like, can you, can you imagine like a fight that they'll do in a movie or something like that? Episode three fighting if any of the jedi have to fight now it'll be like that that's that's everything that it's gonna be right those crazy like those crazy sequences because not sequel where we're seeing ray and kylo fight each other in these like almost episode four kind of just swinging yeah he's he's you know doing some flare stuff a bit but look at the age that we're in look at the Mm. sabers that we have everybody's gonna have some craziness going on load and grace some of the things look at look at what stellan was doing in just concept art spinning a saber shield Mm. in front of him and then holding off other things bell not even looking as he's swatting things away and sprinting towards something like this is this is the era we're gonna see some fancy stuff it's gonna be Mm. swotar antics on screen if anything at that point the one thing you just made me think of that would I would love to see this is because I feel like the other litmus test they're doing right now, which is going to succeed, I can't see how it would fail, is Star Wars Visions, right? We're getting all these animation anthologies of, of just, you yeah. know, do, do whatever you want, do it for fun, see what kind of an audience it is. And then I'm, I'm saying when, because I have high hopes for it, but when Visions do, does really well, I would love to see then a Visions 2 where it's like, okay, you guys had fun, you did your cool stuff, now do a Visions that's just High Republic draw people in with that right then we get to see the stellan geo story the loden great storm story and you know the continue of the bells out of far just whatever they're doing on the outsides and then or even retelling the books co- book stories yeah. in animation yeah, yeah. yeah. Have, yeah. have little sections of that with the republic fair or yeah you know fighting the drain gear that we see in the comics and stuff yeah just seeing reinterpretations of those from anime studios yeah then you bring those all together then then yeah. you can start mass uh, you can doing the figures because people have that look to them right now mm-hmm. we're hearing about think about the Nihil, right? And the masks and everything like that. I'm I'm picturing something totally God, different than than what mm. they show in some of their concepts, That's right? A but touchy they have... fucking subject with with the world that we live in, where it's like the Nihil are using like chemical biological warfare with the masks and like smoke grenades and shit like like 
right? I don't know if they can merchandise that. <laughs> like, exactly. So that's another thing, right? Meta version on their part for actually looking at that situation being right now and be like, we can't sell something like this right mm-hmm. now with just what it pertains to because then you really will be cast as villainous. And then whoever's reading the book, suddenly you might just lose 50% of your book readership, which is already low at this point. Mm. I love right? how our... <laughs> I love how our, our episode of fucking comic series turned into the just like the yeah, discussion just, news episode. Just how the discussion no, it's good. I love it. I love it. it. This is the first time we've done that, and it's it's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the, like it, like I feel like if you want to uh, get around that issue, you just have to really, really play up that like these are evil monsters, right? Yeah, these are these are just a, a hair's inch away from actually being the difference between humans and and just. Mm, monstrous, monster. yeah, yeah, pure evil, right? Like that's all you really need to do to get around it. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm. It's something to think yeah. about for sure. Oh yeah, hundred percent. But good, good on you, Dan, bringing it up because I think that's mm. something that did that had to be addressed. I think a lot of people and, were thinking about it too, like especially like in yeah, at least in Twitter sphere that I'm in with the the podcast and my personal Twitter and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Like it's just like yeah, you know, like I'd love to see that. And if oh, yeah, I'm not doing it, eventually, I'm sure eventually we will, but I can't blame oh, yeah. them for being cautious about mm-hmm. it. So yeah, who knows? They, they're trying to get they're trying to get in everybody's good graces. You can't have your figure canceled if you're you have no actors. Am I right? Like think, <laughs> yeah, dude. Like, think, think. Oh, of, I see. Yeah, I see. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's okay. A figure that you would have gotten even before the book came out would have been Jedi Samurai Girl with the two blades. Oh, yeah, <laughs> right? give me them lightsabers, boys. Yeah. Right? Oh my but, god. You know, and you can just hear my my own screeching in the background from how our lightsabers are placed on her. Oh I know. Yeah, right. <laughs> so from there it's just like if if you do that and you're doing it just based on a concept, again, it just looks like you're out because you could be the worst character in the world. Mm-hmm. Then you'd be like, shit, I have these now. I have yeah, high hopes for the higher public authors. But you never know. All yeah. right. Man, that's hope. Crazy. Yeah, I I can't really think of any other points for this comic series as I want more and I can't wait for volume two. Yeah, Mm. because I really this is the story that the 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 Nihil are really interesting. And yes, I want to know more on that part, especially now with the leveler and all these other things coming into play. But the Drangir specifically and I think specifically there were two characters, maybe three that are really looking. I was really looking forward to seeing in the higher public. The bell, I already, I got what I wanted and oh, much more, but Keeve was another one, especially, and I didn't realize she was starting as a Padawan because in the, in the concept art, they and they were all saying she was a knight. Yeah, so, she's only yeah. a Padawan for like an issue. Yeah. Yeah. So when I saw that, I was really confused, but it, it made me want to read into it more and see where how she became that and where she got that from. And now that's great because she's we we're seeing it from young prodigy fresh knight and this is young who's just become a fresh knight after being like all right cool i went through the right normal person yeah mm-hmm. right bell keeve guy from into the dark oh i love yeah all of them are basically fresh either either padawan could becoming knight or just padawan and we're getting those experiences and i love seeing just the normal Mm. at this point just being like you know everything we've done you've seen from before is like you're the chosen one you, you're you're the prodigy you're this you're this you're open mm. it's just like no just show and, us a normal guy trying to come through and be like i have no clue that's bells out of far too now. well and and that is a great point too because even even the jedi in the prequel era that we've seen all have mm. that little spark of uniqueness it could it it's always because of the same thing right it's you survived order 66 therefore you are special yeah but yeah with high republic we get a whole kind of universe where it's the day-to-day yeah you just kind of yeah. do 
Um, the one thing I just want to mention, just it just reminded me of it. I was just like, you know what the merch I want to see is? <laughs> I want to see the Geode merch. Go outside. Give me, yeah, a, yeah. Give me a sentient rock that like doesn't talk, doesn't do anything, and when you press a button, it teleports somewhere in your house. Oh, no. it, there's, there's free geos. You, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you talk to it when it shows up in a different spot in your house. Leave. Yeah, no shit, right? That's when you. That's when you know that you know you you've done something wrong, and th yeah, this shouldn't yeah. happen. I mean, if anybody can come up with that technology, it's probably Disney with the amount of money that they have. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it's. I mean, it's we've another, seen their animatronics. A, we've seen their animatronics. If they can build that say, into Geo, it's going to be their. It's going to be their second six hundred piece build kit after the R two Father's Day thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but uh, we'll send you pieces of a rock. There's one thing I wanted to say because we, we didn't cover at the beginning of the episode was that this is this volume's not out yet. Um, it will be out on August 24th. We just wanted to cover it earlier because we yeah, can get caught up with the higher public stuff. Yeah. It's just putting together all the issues, basically. But Essentially. Yeah, yeah. kind of uh, going off of Ed's point as well, like, Keeve is at a point right now where I'm really interested in following more of her stuff because she's at a point, for me at least, that is higher than Belle was at the end of Light of the Jedi, but I still need her to go through that Belle moment to, from Rising Storm to bring her up to make me really love her character but i'm super interested in seeing i feel like how you guys felt at the end of light of the jedi i was like i can't wait to see what bell does and i was like i don't really care i'm at the point where like i can't wait to see what keith does yeah and yeah. this volume was really good at showing her uh connection and interactions with uh skier so now and it kind of looks like that's what we're getting from the co the covers that i've seen yeah. but now i really want to see her go out on her own and become her own character For sure. i feel it I'm just predicting right now because of the weird mind meld and them having that that uh, hive mind. Mm. Um, either they'll have a they've developed traits now, so their mm. new trait is just like you know it's like kind of like Grey Warden. They can kind of sense Ooh, okay. when the dark spawn are around. That would right? be cool. I would but, be down uh, for they've got, sense. But they've got the taint at the same time. That's why. Mm. So now that they've connected with the hive mind once, it's just like they can easily figure out where they are they can sense an attack mm. um they can kind of flow with where they're going so but 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 the drawback when the arch demon is around or by the time they get to the great progenitor mm. then it then it becomes like a do i hear the call and do i start to lose myself because of the just proximity mm. or am i really the only one who can like make sure this this last mind is severed forever and then it's just gone and then I lose the taint, but there's no point because there's nothing to have that connection with anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, like, because Skier and his weird cutting himself off, maybe he won't experience this to a certain extent. And maybe, I, I want to say Vernetra, oh my God, Keeve will have to, like, <laughs> will have to kind of bring him back from that. But they'll have this mm -hmm. shared, but they can mind melt so he can see what she can see at that point. Maybe. I don't know. It, it, it would be an interesting thing to see. Like, we have... We've had so many cookie cutter ones that it'll be interesting, like, you know, give them as many different and unique experiences as possible. Like, look, we already mm -hmm. have Bell, who's seen his force connection up close and it's it terrified him. And then he got back and then the loading thing happened and now he's even more in a shell, mm -hmm. right? Where he's probably just enveloped in the fire at this point. With Stellan just breaking down and crying and everything like that. So with these two, it's just like, you know, their, their unique thing is that they've, they've had a brush with the Drengir, not necessarily the dark side, but the Drengir on a level that no Jedi has, mm. well, other than Tarek, but the, they're, they already have a unique thing, yeah. right? So at that point, 
the, it's definitely coming sucks. back. That 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 thread of the connection is definitely coming back. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So with that, it's definitely going to be a thing that's unique to them, and we can see their story progress through that. And Avar is going to be the proxy for everybody else to be like, you know, mm. if they're going through something, they'll tell her, and then she'll tell everybody else. But also, yeah. like, and what's let alone like the leveler, like the connection with the Jedi that were there that felt that and were experiencing what the hell just happened there. Well, we've and we've only got two Jedi on that side right now. Love, I, which is I unfortunate, see, but exactly. Whereas, see, that's so, the connection like, that there was few no, of them, wasn't there? No, they that, were around. To experience, they they felt something. That's what I mean, they yeah. felt that that that. Yeah, but, but, what, Noma, yeah. Is, but what Noma is saying is that Bell and Loden were actually in the grip yes. of it. Yes, well, yes. El, El, Elzar and Bell are the are sorry. Yeah, Elzar and Bell are the only Jedi who sort of felt it firsthand. Yeah, like experienced the leveler basically yeah. i meant like in the area that kind of felt that presence but yeah you're right yeah because because there were jedi around that were just like oh god mm -hmm. yeah but something's like, happening elzar had the premonitions of the leveler yeah. and bell got the experience of the yeah. leveler yeah. and loden well got the brunt of it yeah yeah, yeah. but i'm like there's little 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 seeds that have been planted throughout like these groups of jedi in these certain mm -hmm. areas in these certain places in these certain times mm -hmm through the higher public so far that will grow into these stories and these connections yeah. that will all culminate in something I would assume what, massive. What I really want to see, although I don't know if Keeve will transition out of comics is I want to see like the pure Drangir Wombo combo team, which would basically be like Keeve, Skier, Wreath, uh, Cormac and Orla. Mm -hmm. Just like that five where it's like, this is the strike team of like the elite, Drangir killers, they know what they're doing. I guess Tyoric would kind of be in there too, since she's dealt with them a, a bunch. Tyoric can bounce. She's she's yeah, your exactly. she's your X factor. Or it's yeah, like you yeah, need yeah. her with this. You need support here. You need support against the against the. I want to call them the nomads now. Oh my God. <laughs> the Nihil. The Nihil. Because yeah. they, you know, she's fought both. She can understand, but she's dealt with both. So mm -hmm. she'll be with Elzar though, most likely. So she'll be on the Nihil yeah. side, probably. But uh, yeah, I think that about wraps up our discussion. It's a bit of a longer one this time, and we got into some cool stuff. But uh, yeah, I think overall it was pretty good. So with the discussion done, let's head into our rankings for this comic. All right, and welcome to the rankings for High Republic Volume 1. There is no fear. So right off the bat, I'm just going to say this because this is kind of funny. We all gave it the exact same number. Spoiler alert. For our that. rankings. Yeah, spoiler alert. But uh, yeah, I guess we'll just, uh, we don't need to say what the number is. Uh, I guess I'll give my reason first and we'll work from there. Mm. But uh, yeah, so I gave, well, we all gave There Is No Fear a seven. And I think that's pretty fair. You know, we've gone over some of the problems that we had with it. And we've gone over a lot of things that we liked. But kind of the same way that we did Light of the Jedi, at least for me, this is something where it's like, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes from here. It's got a, it's got a couple of problems, but the problems that it has don't outweigh how much I enjoyed this book and how much I'm looking forward to stuff from here, especially with the characters. I really want to see more of them. And especially with the comic, I get to see more of them. I just want to see more of Keith Trennis's sick lightsaber. But you see more art of the higher public in general. Yeah, basically, yeah. right? Everything that we're able to see is really good. But uh, yeah, overall, I'm really happy with this. I want to see some more. And yeah, I'm very curious to see where the comics are going to go from here. Ed, how about you? Yeah, I'm pretty much same boat i'm really excited for to see more this is great foundation work like mm. you're the comics it's like great you started off nice now 
this is we're at the point where it's just like you know as soon as you say there's more guess what i'm looking for issue seven i'm looking for issue eight because mm-hmm. i it's good and i want to and i want to know more about this story you've made a compelling story that i can i can relate and tie in with stuff i'm already reading or i've already read so if, if it went in a completely different direction i couldn't see how it would it wouldn't have gotten us but like i'm not gonna give it higher i can't give it higher because <laughs> you you've only given me a piece of a whole story i mean we didn't get to see orberlin in in the in the goo so um Need... Oh, that's why you lose. <laughs> that's why it's mine's a seven as well. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think it, it, I agree with both of you guys. It's the, it's the same thing for me. It's just it was a good intro, like the light of the Jedi was, like you said, and yeah, I think it's uh, yeah, definitely sure. sets up for a lot of stuff, which is good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One thing I wanted to say before we end off here, I just thought of it because my mind works in weird spirally ways, as we found out. Mm-hmm. Celebration twenty twenty two. Mm-hmm. Art alley where they have like the official artists are probably going to be doing some high republic stuff. Oh, I'm yeah. down with no, that. More than likely, I'm down with that. Anyway, that would be that's my last point. especially because we have so many variant covers. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, especially that and the comments and all that. Like I, I wouldn't be surprised if they were doing those and then commissions on top of that because that'd be good. It, I could see just with concept art and what we have in the comics right now. Like I want Keeve like fighting some sort of. I don't want to see training at this point, but like, yeah, let's put her fighting a Nihil and seeing like how she would like go into combat with that. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. like there's a An whole... action shot. Exactly. Like there's, there's double bladed lightsaber things from like Sultor that I'd love to see her do. Like she, it's a toss up right now between who's my favorite and Belle's slightly winning by a margin for this. But I feel like at the end of this, my favorite Jedi of all this will be Keith Trennis. I want, I actually want it to be. I, I, it might, but it's just because of um, she's got that unique, unique style in this era at that point where she's just like, click, let's go, or let's go, or let's go. Like there's that. The, she, the has, fact she has variability. The fact, yeah, and and the fact that she is one that her fear, she's she's gotten a good mastery of it for somebody who I think should be a day to day. Or someone who is a day-to-day Jedi, and the fact that she just mm. she's watching her master go through, she's just like fuck it, and just walks in. That was the point for her, for me, for her. Where it's just like I like you, and you're in there, and you're a kid again. And you're just like, oh yeah, but no, I'm not worried. Oh God, it's dragging us. Okay, well yeah, let it. It's dragging us somewhere, right? We're gonna find out. And she's not scared through all this stuff. She's cautious. Mm. She's nervous, but she's never just like oh my god. And that lends itself to how Skier raised her as a as a Padawan, a- right? And exactly. Like trained her. Yeah. And the fact that she's got a foul mouth brings it up to a 10. <laughs> oh, yeah. For me, yeah. Because I, I, I used to suffer that same thing at work where it was just like mm. somebody had to tell me. It was just like, hey, hey, what? Was, you're just swearing on your breath. Watch your mind. What? Oh, oh, man, you just made that customer nervous. Why? Oh, because you were swearing on your What? I was? I can't wait, I can't wait for like Keeve, <laughs> like you said, Keeve, like, you know, like the trio of like masters you were talking about. I can't wait mm. for like the Padawan Jedi Knight trio coming up now. We got like Vern. We got. Well, or, we're up to like a Quinta or. Uh, Quintup or yeah, but like that Quatra, group of like I don't know how you call Bernestra, it. Keeve, Bell, and Reef. Those four. Yeah, I'm I'm down for like an interaction between all four of those because I think that'd be hilarious. Oh, yeah. It'd be so. This good. This is the actual Padawan squad I want to see. Yeah, ironically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Though I think it would be just as funny if they just kept they just kept missing each other. Yeah, that'd be good. Nice mm-hmm. things that they're like because much, I, I, much like Avar, Chris, and Stellan well, actually, or not Stellan. Um, ironically. Yeah, ironically, that's like Rising Storm. Vernestra and Bell are both on that planet, and they never interact with each other. Yeah, that's true. 
and it's like just just because of i i want it to be that way because it shows how hectic things are i wanted to swear mm. there and I'm, I, I'm watching I heard that swear. Like, <laughs> right it, it shows how hectic they are because they can't just get up and be like hey what's going on let's go have a talk or everything it's like no we have ten thousand things we need to do mm-hmm. i'll see you later okay yeah it's just like we can't we're not gonna hollow each other like, we're doing our job once everything settles down again to that almost peace and then they're sitting together and then something else blows up that's when we should see them all together just being just like Oh hey, Vernestra, hey, what's going on? Well, yeah, you don't believe the, the shit I've seen. Oh, I believe you. He <laughs> he walks into the door with with um Reed just being like, holy fuck. Okay, we have to talk about these. Oh yeah, and they're all sitting on their trying, and then boom, something happens, and then they all get calls being like, we need to go now. It's just like we were just about to uh, another time, and then gone. But at like least the opposite you know, of had that. Of the Order 66 beacon, where it's like, don't come back to the temple. It's like, everybody come back to the temple. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Essentially. Well, no, because then they'd be meeting up again. I mean, like, no, something else happens and they all have to split again. Oh, sorry. I misheard that. Out. Sorry. My bad. That's pretty funny. Yeah, so we'll see. Like, they all come back to the temple to just sit and relax and, you know, get back to their normal and then have to mm-hmm. rush out again. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. Now, the, now the Sith threat is there. Yeah. Like, they can, they're about to go meet up and then it's just like, oh, sorry, guys, we got to go. There's something happening over here. So everyone split up. Mm. Yeah. yeah, like I want it tragic where they they do they do meet and they're in that room or they're all in the same place and mm-hmm. then or they're just about to get into that central room with everybody and then the calls start flying oh, through. Like, it just would be yeah. a fun conflict between the new Jedi Knights too. It would be like they see different parts of the war. Like one sees the Nihil, one sees the Drangir, and they're like like com- like talking about like and trying to conflict of like which one is the one that we need to put our effort forth and like well, you like just. Like you have a whole Revan kissed moment? No, no, just more just like like just some sort of like it's not like oh yeah we're all buddy buddy like there's some sort of like tension and like conflict there. I mean, just I think just, fun. just bring that just bring that fucking idiot roast yeah. song. Yeah, 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 right? yeah. Yeah. The drinker aren't really that bad a threat. They're eating the outer rim, eh, but like eh, we don't need that many. Yeah. See, because that just might be that could honestly be um, core world bias coming through on somebody who's not supposed to have that. Yeah, and you can already see the seeds of that nonsense start yeah. to come through. The drink you haven't affected me personally. You've been on course on the entire time. Yeah, but still, yeah. So, feed you'll be the first one to go. Then, yeah, as soon yeah, as it comes so. up, because <laughs> because you know if the threat comes up, somebody needs to go address it. Since you're not yeah. that big of a deal, you can go on your own. Yeah, exactly. Big powerful Jedi Master on the council. You know how yeah, strong no they are. Yeah. <laughs> Not much, but I'll be back in a day. Yeah. Yep. Okay. And then turn into plant. I love how you guys have a hard on for this guy. It's like, okay. I think I think we get it. <laughs> it's just idiots. I know. It's just like these are people who like you love to see the just desserts for because they've done they put themselves in this hole. Yeah. It's ironically, yeah, it's the same thing that makes me go from feeling bad when Kiadi Mundi gets gunned down in episode three to laughing at him. After all the shit that he made Ahsoka go through in season five. Yeah. Just like, ha, look at you. You thought you were so smart and knew everything. I was that double brain working for you yeah. with all those laser holes. <laughs> right? It's just like, for I just wish I would have nothing but positive things to say if they took both interpretations in hand at mm. first. Being just like, well, they're doing this for the Outer Rim. They're doing all this. They're doing this. But listen, hedging that against the Nihil 
yes, they are a lesser threat at the moment. If it was yeah. if it was brought up in that kind of way, it yeah. shows yeah. that you're actually taking the the seriousness of both situations and then mm-hmm. weighing the scales. Like that to me shows more of a Ex- of yeah. an actual collaboration rather than just like oh, yeah, well they're gonna sit the me. Why yeah. I don't uh, understand. Uh-huh. Yeah, a hundred percent. I agree with with that there because yeah, exactly. They could have presented that argument as, look, Chris took a bunch of Jedi to go fight the Dragon Gear. We also have to fight the Nihil. How are we supposed to fight both threats at the same time, equally with a good you know mix where we can deal with both these problems at the same time? Mm. We need to find that balance, right? If you present it in that way, that makes sense to me. And then it also makes Teo Toon's argument more valid. I was about to go there. Thank you. Because then you really do need a defense force because the Jedi are are already stretched thin from this outbreak. But just going on saying like one of these threats isn't important when it's a dark side threat that devours everything in its path. That's what that's when you just come off as an idiot truly believe that you know you can have a contingent of jedi the smaller contingent of jedi with the defense force taking care of the mm-hmm. night hill so you you limit the effect of the things like the leveler and martian all that craziness mm-hmm. he's doing jedi right now because you don't have I'm as pretty many sure he's... they're gonna come up with like that's what's probably gonna happen exactly because like that that's gonna be the catalyst to be like yeah the defense force needs to be a thing now mm-hmm. and with just regular people fighting the night hill instead of so many jedi then you'll see way more interesting battles happen at that point because the Nihil will be on a kind of even footing and they won't just be getting shoved around everywhere. They might mm-hmm. really dominate, right? And show how terrifying they can be and why everybody's actually scared of them and not from this Jedi perspective where we're just tossing five of them over a roof. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Whereas with the Drengear, there's something normal people really can't fight. Like we saw Martian and Udi Dis and his auntie trying to trying to fight this. Well, they weren't even trying to fight a Drengear, right? Yeah, but well, like a, a slightly less scary drain gear. Exactly, a similar thing, right? So seeing them try to fight something then just getting tossed about and smashed because they're regular. Yes, Martian had a lightsaber, but like how he went, how he knew how to use it is an old different thing entirely. He's just probably using like a sword. <laughs> oh, yeah. But yeah, I can't picture just like the defense force taking on Drenger unless they were all like flamethrower units, which they mm-hmm. should just do, really. Right. <laughs> but that's a conversation for another day. But yeah, and I feel like, okay, dark side enemy, dark side combatant, things we can't really do, and they have the whole mind control other thing, so you really have to have a stable mind and a strong a strong mind to do all that for it. Mm-hmm. That's the Jedi threat right there. So yeah, Avar's right. Most of your stuff can go towards that. And they're not doing it alone because they have the huts with them on that side. So mm-hmm. both sides are supported, and it's not just they're, they're not fighting on their own, which is the whole thing that they're supposed to be about, is not fighting on their own. Mm-hmm. So... That would see a good a balance between you know fighting them and fighting the sorry fighting the Drengear and fighting the Nihil. Mm. But yeah, and hopefully that's what that evolves into. But we'll have mm. to we'll have to wait and see. And uh, yeah, I think that about wraps up our rankings and our slight other discussion, which was also I mean you know it's us we impromptu. We, yeah, we deviate, and that's half the reason that hopefully you guys are watching us watching listening whatever we do whatever this <laughs> podcast is but with that rambling aside let's head into the outro Welcome to the end of this episode of Temple Archives as always if you stuck around with us this long thank you very much we super appreciate it so For next episode, 
we are going to be diving into a different series of comics. This time we're going to be doing The High Republic Adventures Volume 1. So for those who don't know, this is the kind of more... Not really for kids, but it is like the younger audience comics. Yeah, the IDW definitely has a history of doing the more kid-friendly stuff. Mm. And apparently, it has something to do with the Padawan, so that could kind of make sense. Yeah, um, maybe we'll finally understand what the hell Yoda's doing. Yeah, it's, it's very but, fair. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll have to see. So yeah, tune in for that to listen to what we think of High Republic Adventures. And if you have any questions, comments, queries, anything at all, we would love to hear from you guys. And Dan's going to let you know how you can get in contact with us. Would you buy the High Republic merch right now? Yes or no? Let us know. No. Yeah, that's right. Tweet at us. <laughs> tell us. Or just yell at us. One of the two. One of the six. I don't know. Yeah, just walk outside and scream and we might hear you. We'll hear you in the Voice of the Force. Okay. Um, find us over at voiceoftheforce.com where you can see all of our episode posts and uh, anything of that sort. You can also email us at voiceoftheforce at gmail.com to let us know your thoughts on all of this as well as social media on Twitter and Instagram at VoiceForcePod. And if you retweet and like and share and put on your stories, our new episode tweets uh, when we post them live, then you uh, will help us grow our listener base. And hopefully we'll get some more people talking about all this stuff and get some more conversation brewing in the Star Wars fandom. As well, listen, rate, review, and follow and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Amazon Music, and all major podcast platforms. Remember, if you review us with five stars and a comment to let people know what you liked about the podcast, it helps with them finding it and actually tuning in. And if you follow or subscribe for free, you'll get the latest episode downloaded to your device as soon as it goes live. Thank you, Dan. And once again, from all of us here at Voice of the Force, thank you for listening, and may the Force be with you.